Hello and welcome to the podcast at Dawn's House, because what the world needs most right now is a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. I'm Esther. I'm Karen. And I'm Aoife. And today we're talking about Babysitter's Club Super Special number two, Babysitter's Summer Vacation. Yay! Did you guys read this as kids? Yes. Nope, I didn't know it existed. Uh, my first hint that something like this might exist was the Camp Moosehead episodes of the uh, Netflix series. Oh, which, which I, were not your favourite. No, I think I thought that the wedding episode was a beautiful end to the series. And then they tacked mm. on these two zany <laughs> camp hijinks episodes after it, which probably just mostly goes to prove that I'm not 10. But there you go. <laughs> I mean, it did feel a bit like a um, <laughs> they achieved their stretch goal on Kickstarter and had to write a couple of <laughs> extra episodes. A little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I I just enjoyed those as bonus content but you're right it did feel like the narrative arc had been kind of done by the time yeah yeah Yeah. uh but yeah no i read this as a kid and did you remember much i remember chunks of it when i re-encountered it i remembered some of the fuckery with the various other um campers and um i remembered one line from logan which made me laugh for about two hours um and I think I told a lot of people about it who were underwhelmed because <laughs> that was the kind of kid I was. Um, and I, yeah, there were definitely a few other bits um, that I can't recall, but yeah, I definitely read this. Uh, this was, yeah. this is a pretty good one. Yeah. I remembered someone sneaking around a lake to see the boys <laughs> and finding it absolutely bizarre that the boys and girls were separated at all. And this was also my introduction to the concept of piercing someone's ears with a needle. Uh, which yeah. I was absolutely horrified by and told my mom about it. And she told me lots of lurid stories from when she was in art college and <laughs> everyone pierced each other's ears with needles. Um, I love how your, your mom's response to that is, it's either going to be like, oh no, never. Oh, your, your ears will go septic and fall off. Or, oh yeah, I did that. It was a different time. <laughs> yeah, like, well, no, her response was, everyone did that. It was a different time. And don't do it because your ears will go septic and fall off. <laughs> I think that's a good balance, you know. Yeah, those yeah. are both I, potentially true. I know my mother definitely talked about like amateur ear piercing as something that was very likely to be offered to me, <laughs> and along with the drugs. Yeah, and I've just in the same way that you know you'd be like, well, you know, you shouldn't start smoking, you shouldn't let someone pierce your ears, and I that people don't do that now. No, no one ever offered me an amateur ear piercing. I think that the um, easy availability of cheap and like efficient and reasonably hygienic ear piercing in places like Claire's Accessories, yeah. uh, where you could just outsource it to somebody who probably won't make you go septic and have your ears yeah. fall off. So yeah, the the like the bored teenager who doesn't really know what they're doing, who's going to pierce your ears, is using a piercing gun instead of a needle that they've kind of wiped a bit. And that's probably means that you're less likely to go septic. I was in a class, an English class in what I think was fourth year, but possibly was even third year. So we might have been 15. And one of the girls in the class out of boredom and I don't know, just anarchy, pierced her lip in the classroom. Um, but I think she only got about halfway and then started bleeding profusely and had to <laughs> summon the teacher for medical assistance. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I remember this very clearly. Um it was a big day. Like I I understand like that's I mean I th- I think that's what like OG punks actually did with safety pins. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just well, probably not in English class though. <laughs> I mean, no. Well, I mean, yeah, they would have because they were punk. I guess. I, I also, I think that my favorite part of this whole thing is that I'm quite sure the teacher did not notice anything. She knew there was something going on down the back and was just like, I will not deal with this until I am forced to. And then yeah. <laughs> the profuse bleeding was the point at which she was actually the, the forced teacher to. teacher survival instinct thing kind of there. It's like, <laughs> this will never flow first... over or I have to call an ambulance. It's now a first aid incident. Okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> I have training to deal with that. <laughs> what did she pierce her? Like, did she have a random needle? Did she use a compass? Like, what did she do? Like, did she have equipment with her? Oh my god, a compass! What amazing! I think it was a safety pin. Jesus safety pin. fuck! Which is like, a... what did she sterilize it with? That's not the right question to ask, is it? Mm. I can taste blood. Listening to this story, it has now gone on so long. I can taste blood in my mouth. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and she couldn't even get all the way through, which is like, <laughs> yeah. I just keep covering my lower lip with my mouth, my hand, in like desperation. Oh, please, let's talk about camp. Sorry, yes. Okay. <laughs> camp. All right, let's talk about Stacy and what a pain in the ass she is in the opening chapter of this book. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed Stacy. I, I mean, I like reading it. Was, <laughs> it was like a Stacy like. A, a, a Stacy fan fiction where someone is really hamming up the Stacy aspect yeah, of it. Yeah. Okay, so Stacy um Stacy sort of introduces the story by explaining that uh the other babysitters all watched a bunch of summer camp movies and decided they were going to go to summer camp and tried to talk her into it. Um, Stacy's response: I'm gonna have to read out because it's <laughs> so obnoxious. Do it. Yep. I'll never understand. How did this happen? I, Stacy McGill, am a New York City girl. I love the feel of concrete under my feet. I love the sight of tall buildings. I especially love the sight of a really prime department store such as Bloomingdale's. Grass and trees and lakes, I can take them or leave them. Or I can visit Central Park. So how did I wind up going to Camp Mohawk as a counsellor in training for two weeks? Like, yeah. get over yourself, Stacy. <laughs> yeah. Also, these like, friends. Oh, like, so inconvenient. Tall buildings aren't like an interest. Unless you're yeah. into architecture, which I... Don't I don't think she is. Get the impression. You just stop trying to be cool, Stacey. Like, you're already way cooler than your friends. They're all from Stony Brook. You don't have to yeah, try at all. Won. Yes. <laughs> so they wrote to her and said, come to camp since we haven't seen each other much. And she tells them to fuck off. Basically. <laughs> yeah, like, I'd have leapt on that. I'd been like, you want me to go where? I mean, it doesn't sound like fun, but you, all my friends will be there, sure. Yeah. I wrote back and said no. I told them all the stuff about concrete and tall buildings and Bloomingdale's and Central Park. And they were like, shut the fuck up and go, go to camp, Stacy." <laughs> they wrote back and said, but Stacy, it's only for two weeks. I wrote back and said, so what? Which, as my daughter pointed out, it's an incredibly dick move to just send someone a postcard with just two words on it that just says, so what? <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I, I was assuming this was a paraphrase, but I really like the idea of that, though. <laughs> Yeah, just literally. It just says, so what? And you know, the other side of the postcard is landmarks of New York City. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Stacey is fully on her bullshit, but they talk her into it and she decides that if she has to go like have two weeks of fun and frolics with all of her friends. Uh, she's going to make the best of it by forcing everyone to fill in a notebook as revenge for Christy making everyone fill in the club <laughs> notebook, which is hilarious. I like yeah. that. I enjoy this as a narrative conceit um, that Stacey is just going to have some revenge 
Um, yeah. It feels really like she's definitely protesting too much. I'm sure that she was actually on some level wanting to go and see her friends. Like, yeah. but um, yeah. the, the like, Itch. oh, but I am too sco- cool for this school is, um, you know, it's it's very strong in this in this particular one. Um, it's my turn to be the boss. Having read a couple of the specials now, right? This thing that they always have to have this narrative device of like why we're reading <laughs> why is this. There a notebook? Like, no, it can just be a book. <laughs> like, it can just be a book. We're reading a book. We you we're already suspending disbelief. It's fine. We know how books work. <laughs> it's an epistolary novel. It's full of different narrative voices and little passages that are written in their own handwriting. And sometimes yeah. it's a four-year-old. I know. She, she just feels like we've got a, you know, in the, I'm, I, I'm like, you know, the author of like Cecilia and Evelina. <laughs> and, you know, I have to just, you know, explain where all these letters came from, guys. I need it. because It's a found document. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I love that this time the motivation is spite. Uh, yeah. Christy's like, Christy could order us to do something like this because she's the club president, the boss. Now it is my turn to be the boss. <laughs> Stacey's uh, moved back to New York and she's got a bit of distance from Christy and she's like, I had better set some boundaries before I step back into this situation, yeah. <laughs> which was complicated. You know, it wasn't bad, but it was, it was complicated. <laughs> so I am going to make them do the homework. I'm not going to be yeah. put in a position. Also, can we, we should probably just like recall that quite recently they went to stay with her in New York and it was a giant, hilarious fiasco. Yeah. So maybe she's, <laughs> that's part of what she's doing here. Yeah. Um, fair. I like to think so. Anyway. Yes. As we, as we uncovered, there are some elements from that still bubbling under mm-hmm. the surface here. So. Yes. Which I love. It's so good. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, is delightful. I, I like, yeah, she's, she's being a ridiculous, um, unrealistic New York snob, but also her narrative voice is really funny yes, um, it is. in yes. this section and her it being is. a little bit cynical about the boss journey and everything is 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 just an enjoyable read. So I'm here for And it, like, like she's such a thirteen year old, like her her her, <laughs> her grading like how like terrible and cringy the parent goodbye statements are like dying inside because someone is reminded to take their vitamins you know yeah yeah she's very embarrassed because her parents reminded her to take her insulin and she's like oh god this is terrible and then she hears someone else say take your vitamins and she's like okay well at least my parents are that bad (laughs) yeah she's she's standing there observing all of the kids and their luggage and their parents all getting packed to go on the bus and her line is half the people in the crowd were crying that half was the parents yes yes (laughs) That is so yeah. good. <laughs> I, yeah, I love the image of just this huge crowd of unprepared parents being like, oh, our babies. <laughs> I know. I would read things like this as a kid and just be like, who? N- nobody. <laughs> They're mostly like, oh, thank God. I mean, I'll miss you, but oh, thank God. <laughs> Bye now. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's an extra hilarious mental image because it's so unlikely. But I guess these New York parents are maybe very delicate and coddled. I, so. I guess, yeah. Well, Stacy's parents sure are. So yeah, um. yes. Yeah, Stacy's mom has decided to deal with her grief by going to Bloomingdale's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? So she um she calls out the fact that the camp has a TP logo, which is yes. culturally like just inaccurate for the name of the camp. Yeah. Um, 
which is Camp Mohawk. Yeah, the Mohawk Indians are part of the large Iroquois. Now, I don't know a lot about Native American culture, but I know this much. The Mohawk Indians are part of a large Iroquois nation, and the Iroquois Indians lived in longhouses, not teepees. You tell him, Stacey. Yeah, it was like... I think I wrote drag them, Stace. <laughs> Stacy is better informed about like Native American culture than anybody else in this book. Yes, yeah, no, I mean that's pretty much the last mention we have of actual Native American culture. Yeah. The rest of it is just like random terms taken from Native American culture like out of yeah. nowhere and applied to bullshit at camps. Yeah. So- I think that Maybe that's, like, accurate to camp, though. <laughs> I think camps do a lot of that, yeah. or did a lot of that. I know, I'm guessing they, like, the reason they've rebranded it as Clamp Moosehead in the TV show is mm. that, like, people now are a little bit more aware about this kind of thing. Also, because everyone in this movie will, in this book, sorry, will not shut up about the movie Meatballs, I did actually wiki the plot of that, and Camp Mohawk is a reference from that movie. Oh, um, okay. The rich kids on the other side of the lake are in Camp Mohawk in that, so oh. this is an Easter egg. I assume none of us have seen Meatballs. I've never no. even heard of it until I read this book. Me neither. Except that Logan was going on about it to Marianne a few books ago to make conversation on the oh. phone. But yeah, everyone is obsessed with it in this book. I, yeah, that's interesting that they have a, a a lake with a class division on either side, whereas this lake has a gender, gender division. division. Yeah. Yes. Um, which I just want to point out right now, the fact they put the boys on one side of a large body of water and the girls on the other side is frankly a health hazard because like... <laughs> Yeah, that's a drowning risk. Uh, yeah. Sooner or later, someone's going to try go across and will yes. die. So they should really... Company keeping of a serious nature is a real incentive for teenagers. Yeah. Like, this is yes. going to happen. I uh, think they should have, like... It would make much more sense to have the rich kids on one side and the poor kids on the other so they could just, like, <laughs> avoid each other. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be much less motivated to get together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What was it? One of my one of the things I highlighted in this was there's a, there's some small child who keeps asking, "Are you sure my teddy won't suffocate in the suitcase?" And I said, "Well, and what that kid isn't old enough to go away to camp for two weeks on their own." Oh, <laughs> like I thought that was adorable on their own for two weeks, and they think their teddy is alive. I just <laughs> would maybe give them another year. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they're probably going to need a little bit more I get minding. The minimum age is six. But there's six-year-olds and six-year-olds, and I yeah, think your kid's true. a six-year-old, so maybe just no. We never do get closure on how that kid got on. Either. No, we don't. We never find out who they are. No. Presumably the teddy was fine and they chilled out about the whole thing. These parents are hoping that the kid will get off the bus and be like, oh yeah, we lost Teddy on day two. He drowned in the lake. <laughs> and then just light yeah. a cigar. <laughs> Camp changed me. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Not for the better. <laughs> I'm cynical now. Great. I've seen things. Okay. <laughs> Having been to like scout camp, mostly the way camp changes you is um, that you've eaten almost nothing that has any nutrient value at all mm-hmm. and not brushed your teeth. Uh, mm-hmm. That and you know, like uh, more sort of songs with swear words in them than you did <laughs> when you went. I used, I used to camp, come back with, because um, I've had long hair almost for the entirety of my life um, with really interesting mats in my hair that my mom would I would learn all the swear words from mom trying to take the mats out of my (laughs) hair afterwards I remember camp being like intense and sometimes terrible and also great and you come home and be like wow that was amazing Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> I spent four days like in the same clothes. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I I only went one year to camp and yes, the, the the whole sort of being entirely responsible for your own personal hygiene was a real kind of it's, it's not the power. It's yeah. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't the only thing that was, but yeah, just the 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 fact that it feels like a yeah. very long day, <laughs> like that doesn't end at any point. I'll tell you how camp changed me. Actually, that's where I started using the word like, which is every oh. second word out of my mouth ever since. But <laughs> this did not happen until I was thirteen and went to camp for two weeks, and all the cool girls there said like so much that I picked it up and never, ever, ever stopped saying That's amazing. <laughs> that's that's amazing. It's just filler in the same way that uh, or yeah. some other word would be, unless you've taken extensive training to stop you using any of those words, which makes you sound really unnatural. I never said it until I went to camp. You got yourself a whole new filler world word. Well done. <laughs> exactly. <yes. laughs> oh you goodness. became a teenager. Exactly, basically. So, um, oh yeah, Stacey uh, is reading The Catcher in the Rye, which she describes as wonderful, which does surprise me because it describes a really, really terrible weekend in New York. Like, like someone having the worst time ever in New York. But I also think that probably being a slightly pretentious New Yorker 13-year-old is like a good age to like the catcher in the rye no she's definitely the age for it but it doesn't make new york look like a place you'd want to visit he doesn't do a lot of department store shopping no he doesn't but it, it like i can see how it would have its appeal in an edgy kind of way i suppose i suppose it's just you know it doesn't show new york at its best it's like come to new york get punched by a pimp it'd be great <laughs> speaking of not being at their best she's not reading it on the book uh, because she would look like a total dork uh, to the strangers on the book bus on if the she bus, read yeah. a book. I felt very judged by that remark. Like I'm like, Me no, too. I'm pretty sure that sitting on your own in public transport is optimal book time. Actually, yeah, that's what it's for. If you're lucky enough to be able to do that without throwing yeah. up. I, I also like she also didn't like couldn't bring herself to like say hi to the other like people her age who were having a conversation already. So I don't know. I I can kind of relate to some of that and being like you're sizing up the other people on the bus mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily want to be. Oh, yeah, I saw her reading The Catcher in the Rye by herself on the bus on the way over. And also me kind of going, I'm too scared to talk to the other people my own age. <laughs> They're already got a conversation I going. I kind of. I think, I, you know what, I actually think I lacked the self-awareness for either of those. <laughs> so as, you've probably been fine. Like, like, you would either have happily read your book or you would have been chatting to them I about I would have something. either, like, if they were talking about topics that I was interested in, which they were talking mm-hmm. about topics Stacey was interested in, I yeah, probably would have yeah. attempted to join in the conversation. And if they weren't, I would have read my book. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I would have straight up decided that anyone who was going to judge me for reading on the bus was not someone I wanted to be friends with anyway, so That's it was fine. One. I read Lord of the Rings at camp and it was great. Everyone was very surprised because it was the biggest book anyone had ever seen. That's fair, it is. I wouldn't have brought that. I once brought, I got I got like a lot of like, why attention when I was in cub camp when I was about nine or ten. Because I had brought this book that I really liked and it was small and handy. Great, except it was like a like spotter's guide to fish. <laughs> and like, I don't know, it's like, yeah, I was like, why are you reading that? And I'm like, fish are cool. 
<laughs> it was just like this list of different like freshwater and saltwater fish species of of, of mm. Britain and Ireland, and like a little had a little color illustration of the fish and a little story. It was the first place I ever read the phrase "a surfeit of lampreys" because it it had that story under the lamprey entry. Of course, it did. <laughs> yeah, and like I just it was a really good little book about fish. I don't know, fish were cool. So I mostly. As an adult, I'm now at a point where I can, if I have to break into a conversation where there are three people already talking and like, I need to network as long as I have like preferably had some wine beforehand and also I'm there in a situation where you're supposed to be networking. Um, But I, a few years ago, I was at a conference where um, we had been told during the session that I was at, oh yeah, there's going to be drinks later on. Go to this particular person. She has the drinks vouchers. You can get them off her. And I kind of was the only person I knew from the entire continent at this conference because there was a whole um, volcano issue and nobody's uh. flights went through except mine, which is great. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of like gamely tiptoed up to this lady was like, hello, afterwards. And she was like, yes, what what do you want? <sighs> and I was kind of like, I'm just, okay. Uh, I think I will... Um, I, I I think I may, oh, maybe I'll just not go to the drinks reception then because I am afraid of you. No! <laughs> it's like... The um the 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 feminist networking event is not as solidarist as you would hope. <laughs> That's <laughs> awful. No. So I didn't go. I went to something else. You should have leaned in harder, Karen. I should have leaned yeah. in and be like, "Give me the drinks, vouchers, bitch." You should have been bitch. more of a girl boss. <laughs> I've seen her at a couple of conferences since, and yeah, I'm still scared of her. Um, <laughs> she gives a shit paper though, so you know. But yeah, so I feel like I've been re-traumatized by this whole thing where like, you know, I, I sort of understand a bit more how Stacy might want to she's projecting an image, but also might be feeling a little bit like <laughs> I'm thinking too much about this. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> We're still on the bus, we haven't even reached camp yet. Okay. Alright. I'm I'm gonna go do a very quick character by character summary of okay. like everyone's plot in this yes. the super specials jump around so much. Um Christy's plot is that she's assigned to a cabin where the other counselors in training are cool and they're into makeup and they have bras and she feels insecure. They do a makeover on her. She has complicated feelings about it. And then she has fun at a dance. Mm-hmm. That's Claudia. That's, I mean, that's Christy. No, that's that's Christy. Christy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's not Claudia. Claudia has a lot of Mimi foreshadowing. She's very worried about mm-hmm. Mimi. Mimi's back home. She's not doing too great. Claudia's very worried. Uh, she hooks up with a hot Japanese boy whose grandmother just died. Mm-hmm. They talk about dead grandmothers a lot. <laughs> this has absolutely no relevance to the main series whatsoever. No sorry, Bob. Uh-huh, cool, 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 cool. Jesse and Mallory are junior counsellors in training, which is clearly a fake made-up post that the camp leader has given them. So that they don't whine, basically. Yes. <laughs> Mallory is extremely cringe and has made like counselor in training armbands for her and Jesse. And Jesse oh, is like Mallory. more self aware and is aware of how embarrassing this is. <laughs> uh, the other, the counselor, or, sorry, the other campers in their cabin are a bunch of snooty racist bitches. Mm-hmm. And then Jesse and Mallory teach the little kids to do a dance performance piece about how the other girls are snooty racist bitches, yeah. which is a magnificent <laughs> revenge. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is. Oh, it's wonderful. Um, Marianne, Marianne is the best in this book. I love Marianne yes. so much in this. Marianne is in full on will cut a bitch mode. Um, the she's put with a bunch of cool girls who don't believe that she has a boyfriend, so she tells them about 
that she has a boyfriend and then plays it up with hilarious results. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like Mary- Marianne, when put in a corner, like is just suddenly brings out this like stone cold Machiavellian side. It's so good. She goes so hard. It's amazing. We'll break every rule if need be. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's going to do what has to get done, right? <laughs> and like, she, and she's self-aware enough through all of it. She's like, oh, this is really stupid. I shouldn't yeah. have to do this, but, like, but I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But these bitches. We should talk a lot um, about that. It's we were, yeah, we, we were going to talk so much about that. Yeah. Dawn is obsessed with the parent trap still uh, and meatballs. One of her campers is real quiet and Dawn cannot chill about this and cannot leave this poor girl alone. I thought that was what you were going to say she was obsessed with. <laughs> She's obsessed with a lot of stuff. She's so obsessed with this poor girl who just wants to be left alone and mm. to read. Yeah. And like, I related so hard to this poor girl. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Like, go away, Dawn. Just, just <laughs> let her be. She's fine. Then they get lost in the woods and the girl saves everyone's life, so it's fine. Because she's been reading a book on um, camping techniques, which is yes. amazing. <laughs> so it turns out that reading is useful, as Elizabeth Bennett told us 200 years ago, and it's still true. <laughs> Nobody needed my fish knowledge in cub camp. Oh my god, I'm so sad about that. Well, if you had been lost in the woods, you could have caught fish. And I mean, I don't think I learned how to catch them. <laughs> Just, you would have known what fish you were failing to catch. True. Aoife, they didn't need it then. They haven't needed it yet. But <laughs> the day will come. You should read the book again, just in case. I should. One of these days I'll really need to be able to identify a bream. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be crucial that you can identify a bream. Yes, you're going to need to know what a fish is. <laughs> Stacy worries about Lyme disease but catches every disease other than Lyme disease uh, which is kind of hilarious and she's quite good humoured about it I like that yeah. uh, Logan is over at the boy camp everyone makes fun of Marianne for really nebulous reasons they invent their own slur yeah I know what's up with that maybe 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 um Anna Martin felt that like she couldn't use the other slur the real, real that would have been used there except that's just another slur you've used there yeah you just instead of it you invented one that is still clearly the same thing yeah what what slur are we talking they about call her there? they call Marianne a phoebe which which they specifically say is short for feeble-minded oh okay yeah. So it's the R word. Oh no, I I thought they were calling her feeble no. as in being no. kind of ridiculous. No. Okay, right. No, okay, no, okay. Logan says feeble minded. Um so yes, she okay. just made up her own slur. That's cool. That's super cool. There's definitely some complex masculinity going on in on that side I, of the lake. Oof. I, yes. I, you know, we've talked before about Anna Martin not being that comfortable writing boys, I think. Um yeah. it's it's actually Okay, uh, slurs aside, <laughs> um, it's a pretty entertainingly written whole thing. Yeah, like, I quite enjoyed Logan's chapters. He's very snarky. I he's, like He's it. delightfully snarky. And he's clearly keeping up with all the craziness. And also he's kind of fairly, like, um, supportive of Marianne. He, he's twigged that she's, she's working a game yes. over on the other side. Yeah. And he doesn't know what it is. But he's like, I'm going to go along with it because clearly she's 
she's doing a thing here and I'll find out later on. So that's fine. Yeah. He's, he just gets on board with it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's very supportive. Yeah. Really. Like, yes. <laughs> and then she explains later on. Yeah. And they're like, okay, yeah, no, I knew, I knew, I knew this couldn't be, this is not normal for you. So I just thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's fallen in with the con. And I was right. You were up to something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So did we get everybody there? Yeah. That's everybody. Yeah. I guess probably like the the least involved storyline is Stacy's. Like mm. she sits on some poison ivy. She's in a cabin of six year olds and catches various things off them, like pink yes. eye and impetigo, and <laughs> ends up in the infirmary for the entire thing, where she makes friends with the other person who's in the infirmary. Yeah, yeah it sounds like nice. she's like pretty relieved at winding up in the infirmary. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't seem to mind at all. No, she's like pretty pretty calm about it. Oh, the first night she does get there and she's given the regular dinner, which contains two extremely sweet things, and is like, yes. goes back to the kitchen and gets yelled at by the cook who doesn't seem to have heard of diabetes. Yeah, what the hell? Did people not have allergies back in the day? I know they're more common now, but like, did, surely there must have been points. People just suffered, in... I think. Like, for... yeah, well, suffering is one thing, but like, you could kill somebody by giving them. Something like Stacy was yeah, offered. I think I think severe allergies of the someone's open peanuts next to me. I can I'll already feel my airways closing. Type yeah 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 was rare. Yeah, and these days people are more likely to be aware that they have minor allergies or food intolerances mm, mm-hmm. and be like, no, I can't eat. So something that say yeah made you it gave you hives or gave you the runs or whatever people would have just been like it's on your plate eat it to their kids cool. i think or, or <laughs> buy candy and eat that instead yeah. <laughs> as which is claudia's that's what campus to. bar though right <laughs> yeah yeah yes i remember camp food being exceptionally bad yeah i mean no one goes to camp for the food really, <laughs> that's but... true that's true yeah um can i throw something in here before we move on to any more yeah um so um a couple of years back Lin-Manuel Miranda was at home at his parents' place recuperating, recuperating from something and he was he found a load of letters that he had written from camp as a kid and he posted them all on Twitter. And the maths, if you do them, are that he was approximately of the correct age to have been a Camp Moosehead <laughs> at the time that this was taking place. Um, because he's like a couple of years older yeah. than us, I think. But like not not that much older um and i think he was like 10 um mm-hmm. and he wrote just a sequence of extremely hilariously salty letters <laughs> home from camp about how terrible camp was um but very sarcastic ones as well so um i know you're not supposed to put real people in your head cannons but like i i am thoroughly convinced that lin manuel miranda is just like one of the campers wandering around in the background being pissed off. <laughs> One of the boys joining in the food fight that Logan starts. Yeah. Look, he was in, like, he was living in New York at the time. <laughs> this is clearly in the catchment area. Yeah. It's entirely plausible. Maybe he was afraid his teddy bear would suffocate in the suitcase. Oh! <laughs> well, he, he was 10. I, I... Yeah, no. Well, maybe he was there a few years in a row. Oh, yeah. That could have like, been when he was yeah. sick. Yeah. Yeah. His first year there. <laughs> I, I don't think he was 
it, he doesn't come across as having been like distraught at being a camp more just like you know <laughs> yeah. um, so uh the good kind of clip complaining like, over yeah it, no i hate it here yeah. but just like i'm here so i'm gonna fetch yeah exactly like oh the other kids are okay i suppose which is probably like i've made some of the best friends in my life but i'm i i'm still annoyed at you for sending me here so i have to rake here with the <laughs> yeah <before>. that's fair <laughs> send me some more money please <laughs> yeah he's just like wandering around in the background of all these scenes in my head i i picture him as being short i don't know if he was or not <laughs> short and angry <laughs> um, i love it head cannot accept it yeah. yeah so stacy we wound up stacy yeah, yeah. stacy that's pretty much it like it's just a it's a weird little harmless kind of digression from the more dramatic shit um I mean, think who's who's the like next least involved probably Christy. Dawn? Christy is Oh Christy. Oh man, I've a lot to say about Christy. I've felt Christy's chapters. I've been Christy in that situation so often and like oh god. Yeah. It was too real. It was too real. Christy is valiantly trying to just be here to babysit. Mm. Uh, she's she's real focused on Charlotte Johansson who's having a terrible time and is miserable and homesick the entire time. And I also feel terrible for Charlotte. Uh, yeah. Charlotte mm. eventually, like, she, re- she, people keep telling her she can go home if she really wants to, and she refuses. And she eventually says that she wanted to stay to prove that she could stay. And she's done that. And she had a shitty time. And, like, it's it's laudable, but she's also, like, constantly in tears and making everybody worry. Yes. And she and also all the people who are responsible for her that have to then worry about her and whatever thing that is that she's going through, which turns out is just is just pure unadulterated homesickness. Yeah. Like, I understand why this whole narrative is here, but I would have fucking sent her home <laughs> yeah. if I had known this was it and I was yeah. in charge of her. Like, no, go home. You don't have to prove anything. Like, do, try this again in three years. Like, if I was Mrs. Meany, yeah, I would have been ringing her mom going, look, she says she doesn't want to go home, but she has literally spent two thirds of every day in tears. I think you should yeah, probably, She's dehydrated. I think <laughs> you should probably up. come okay. pick her up because she doesn't seem to be finding this any easier as time passes. Yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. like a week in or five days in or something. If she hasn't shown any signs of settling, be like... You, d- just you don't have to prove anything when you're like eight. Yeah. It's not fucking Sparta. Go home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Go home and watch cartoons. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. So Christy is sort of anxiously hovering over Charlotte and trying to, like, babysit and stuff. And she's mainly just trying to pay attention to the kids that are there. Also, um, also so- doing sports. Also sports. But we don't get yes. much of that. She just says it in her letters. We don't see much of Christy doing sports, thank God. Yeah. There- there's literally no no on-screen sports action and none of us mind that. <laughs> also, yes, she mentions that uh, Andrew couldn't understand what summer camp was and Christy suggests that Watson should rent the parent trap for Andrew, which I think is a really bad idea because isn't that all about how you can totally get your divorced parents back together yeah. if you try hard enough? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do that. Andrew would take the wrong message from this. Yeah. The parent trap is a recurring theme in all the Babysitter's yeah, Club yes. books, though. I think Anna Martin really loved the parent trap. I think so. Clearly, yeah. Yeah, there's the, the, the you, sh- you can get your parents. And also, like, the, the, the parents' new partners are awful people, or the, mm. the, the dad's new uh, partner is an awful person. Mm. So, like, just maybe don't show that to Andrew. No, no, that's, mm-hmm. that's not a great... 
Find a cartoon that has some camp episodes and show them those. I think maybe Anna Martin only knows of two camp-related pieces of media, and it's Meatballs and the Parent Trap, and he's too young to watch Meatballs, so... <sighs> yeah. There are probably some that also aren't suitable for this audience, <laughs> too. Um, I mean, my most strongest um, association, which I've definitely mentioned before, is the Adams Family Values. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, and I've, I've got to say, a husband and wife team running a camp has very strong Adams Family Values vibes. Yeah. <laughs> it makes this whole thing much more entertaining if you... Uh, anyway, yeah, let's let's move on. <laughs> so yeah, so Christy's other issue is that um, the other girls in her cabin are glam. Uh, they have makeup and pierced ears and nail polish and boyfriends. And accessories. And accessories. <laughs> and... Christy's like, uh, I have a friend called Bart. He's a boy. And uh, they're like, that's, that doesn't count. Yeah. I mean, they, it's, it's not just that they're doing all that stuff. It's that they're also actively constantly trying to make her over. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that right? They're like, ah, you're a blank canvas. And she just gets bored of them talking yeah. about eyeshadow and what would be the best eyeshadow on her. <laughs> but you're like, I just want to do archery. And they're not even, other than that initial, like, you know, I mean, they weren't even being mean to her at any stage. They were clearly doing this to try to be nice and get her to join in with them. And to, they're, they're, they're looking at her not wearing makeup or whatever as, oh no, she needs help. Mm. And she's just like, God, why can't I be me? But also apparently being me is wrong. And it just is exactly, it just yeah is me so hard it hurts yeah it's that stage of being 13 and just feeling that whatever you're doing you're doing it grotesquely wrong and also there's no way to pull out of the skid like you're just gonna keep being wrong but it's exactly with the makeup and stuff i remember going when i was 14 went to australia to visit my cousin who was the same age as me but like Mm -hmm. not a quiet and babyish for my age dork Mm -hmm. and it was like she brought me to have my eyebrows waxed Wow, she she like I she was like oh you should get your eyelashes tinted mm-hmm. and there was no difference because my eyelashes are black yeah and I paid for that in Australian <laughs> dollars and oh my like God. but she was like it was like uh, the, the the eyebrow thing was really good and it gave me a nice shape and I was able to maintain that with tweezers for like then on and it was I'm glad I did it but like or yeah just kind of in any number of or at the Gale tuft as well like when I was about fourteen it's like oh, well, you should wear this top, but you don't have any tops that are cool, so we're, borrow my top. Mm. Um, let me do your makeup. Let me let me do this. Let me do that. And it was just... Mm. It was... They were well-meaning and kind, but it just felt like everything was a reminder that who I was was wrong. And I wasn't being a teenage girl correctly in the first place. Yeah. And I wasn't interested in any of it, but I still had to kind of smile and say thanks because it was well-meaning and nice. Uh, but I didn't want it, but it was wrong to not want it. It was just really uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not that you're doing being a teenage girl wrong. It's that you're just doing it slightly differently from how that other girl would have done it. And she's having a go at you because you're her doll. And I'm like, that that's what she's communicating to you. Mm. You weren't wrong in interpreting that. I wonder if I my sense, although I'm now at 30, like however many years old, and I don't have to give a shit about any of this. Um, so it's it doesn't um, impact on me as much. But I feel like there's a lot more sort of makeup and style culture online that the the whole sort of slant of it is more about creativity and about kind of having a crack at it. And like 
this is this is sort of fun and you can do it this way and you can try there's and there's like 10 billion tutorials for trying all the different things um and any one of them could be right and it, like i felt much more pressured in as a kid of that age to be as you say doing the not be doing a teenage girl wrong let me rephrase that not be doing being a teenage girl yeah. wrong like i wonder um, though partly <laughs> is that just because you're an adult like if it probably you were confronted is. with all of the tiktoks and stuff now mm-hmm. as a teen would you be thinking oh my god there's all this conflicting advice on how to get it right how can i possibly know which of these is the one correct one that's it would you would you go how how can i know or would it be like oh yeah but everything there's just a billion ways so it doesn't really matter yeah see i think that's you as an adult saying there's a billion ways so it's all fine yeah yeah that's adult talking so do you remember i'm two years older than you they might be two important years for this question mm. so boot cuts and flares replaced like straight like trousers at some stage mm-hmm about the time I started secondary school, mm-hmm. like I remember first seeing them, like seeing one or two kids with them when I was in sixth class. Mm. And then by the time I finished first year, that was the only trouser shape. Mm-hmm. And I was very aware that that was the only acceptable trouser shape and I didn't own any. Largely because of embarrassment, because I said I didn't like them when they first came out and I was embarrassed to go back on it now. And my mother bought my clothes and I didn't want to tell her. I know, that shame. Because being a teenager is... You can't ever admit you changed oh. your mind about something. Then you're a sellout. I know, right? Because, uh, yeah. Um, and how embarrassing would that be to tell my mother, actually, I quite like those trousers. Could I have a pair of jeans, please? No. Oh, <laughs> no, just suffer. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, 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 I developed this real eye for like... That's, no, that's the sort of thing you would have worn two years ago. Nope, that's from three years ago. Nope, that's from... To this day, if you hand me... I remember someone put up a page from a magazine and there was two, like a fashion shoot. And everyone was trying to guess when it was from. I looked mm. at it, I thought about it, I looked at it, I thought about it, and I said 1992. Everyone was guessing dates from the late 70s mm-hmm. to the to to the mid-90s. I was absolutely spot on. I was like, yeah, I knew it was 1992. I could tell by that hair, that clo- those clothes and that makeup, that was the only year that could be. So with all those tutorials, you're going to have people looking at them going, but that's from two years ago. I can tell that's the wrong type of eyeliner to wear because that's old. And I used yeah. to watch TV and stuff and be very adults dress these kids because that's <laughs> no one would wear that now. Only an adult mm. would think a kid would wear that now. You would get laughed at. Yeah, because I've been witnessing this stuff for multiple decades now and so i have a whole bunch of different styles and times and a different time scale yeah whereas yeah it's it's all very compressed when you've only you only started paying attention to it when you're 11 or 12 yeah that makes sense anyway yeah so christy um they're they're trying to make her over um charlotte is charlotte's nerves are in bits charlotte gets afraid of a video of a frog puffing out its throat uh, Charlotte is a woman on the edge, clearly. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Yeah, I was going to say, at this stage, I started my first read-through, I was quite sympathetic to Charlotte, but I had another refresher read, and in the end I was just like... I, I, I didn't have a lot of time for kids who were terrified of everything when I was a kid, and I very much flashed back into that mindset of, like, get over it. <laughs> it's a video. It can't... 
It's a fucking video. It's not even a scary video. It's a it's frog. A frog. It's Are a you actually scared yeah. of frogs? What's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> I'm normally a very kind and empathetic person, but... <laughs> There's, there's limits. You hit your limit at this point. I just, just like, enough of this. Yeah. No, please stop being afraid of things that are nonsensical to be afraid of. Yeah, mm. Christy is very upfront about the fact she's having a very mixed experience. She hates arts and crafts. Mm. She hates the nature cabin. She likes all the sports activities. <laughs> um, and she hates the other counsellors trying to, like, make her over and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't really get to spend much time with each other. No, no like, they hardly see each other. When you come other. think of it. Yeah, the babysitters are all like, we're going to have such a great time. It'll be so much bonding. You're like, no, they, they don't see no. each other really at all. No, which is fine. Um, the one thing I have tagged that I really want to say in Christy's story is one of the times when they make her over and she looks in the mirror and she's just like, she doesn't realize her own face is in the mirror. Yes. And I was just like, what did they do? We can't let the men, no, we can't let the men find out we can shape shift. They're going to tell the church. <laughs> <laughs> like, I doubt there was much contouring going on there then. They didn't have tutorial videos, so. <laughs> she hasn't looked at herself in a mirror for a week anyway, because it's camp. It's fair. So she doesn't know what you look like. If you put enough blue frosted eyeshadow on anyone, they become hard to recognise. <laughs> So yes, they they pin her down and shine a light in her eye like she's being interrogated, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> oh, also, says, it's Christy who has the uh, the coolest ca- the coolest um, counselor of the like the, the grown up mm. in inverted commas counselors, Joe Mohawk Joe. Yes, mm-hmm. who has a mohawk that's dyed different colors. And I think Christy is a little bit afraid of her. Yeah, <laughs> I just like I want a book about Joe, like the the the, the like sixteen or seventeen year old who's savvy enough to be like, well, if I go to camp with my mohawk dyed two different colors, then Mrs. Meany will think she's one when I rinse the dye out, but I'll still have a mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that was that was some good. Um... Uh, social engineering yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. right there I did remember actually word for word I remembered the line where they're all introducing themselves and explaining what their names mean and Tansy says my name's Tansy it means tenacious and she, all I said was I looked up my name's Christy I looked it up in a dictionary once and I couldn't find it and I felt like such a like a rude <laughs> yeah. I actually have that mark because like I'm sorry Tansy like I would like someone introducing themselves the way Tansy did because she starts mm. talking about her name what her name means in middle Latin <laughs> I'm all about that that's brilliant yeah, you would. but Christy is not the fucking dorky one in this interaction no Christy's just like <laughs> ha- you have to come up with something to say to that who's someone who's just introduced themselves with the etymology of their fucking name you've got to say something back and she's like, I looked my name up once in a book and it wasn't in it. And then she felt dumb. <laughs> well, like, it's pretty obviously a derivative of Christian, which I, is like every other name. I, I, I know, like, I know. But, you know, I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not she didn't start it. the name etymology conversation. <laughs> Tansy did. It's a weird intro. I've come across yes, one is. weirder intro in my time. And that was a uh, a guy who introduced himself to me. Um, on the way to a LARP event by saying, hi, I'm name. I'm a bastard. <laughs> I went, he was a, he was about 19 and I was about 27. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like briefly kind of paused and wondered, why, how am I going to respond to this? <laughs> I patted him on the head and I said, that's nice, sweetie. <laughs> I know some real bastards. And his friends all went, <gasps> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god. Oh, he's not going wow. to like that you said that. I was like, well, he just introduced himself by telling me an unpleasant fact about his personality. I really don't care about him. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I like, I know some people who could like actually be bastards if they wanted to, and they choose not to. He is, he is a child, and he thinks this will impress me, and he is wrong. Just, just picking up that ball and lobbing it back over the court. Like, uh, frankly, uh, the fact that his friends all gasped, like that's amazing. That's like a Greek chorus. <laughs> yeah, it was like, this child has no way of wounding me. He doesn't know me. I I just, I don't care about any of his opinions. So I really don't care what he says in response to this with a weird fucking intro. Yeah, Esther, do you remember when you um did the uh, the uh, anthropology fieldwork and the Gibbons used to have a thing that they would do to try and scare off predators? Yes, so gibbons have a thing that they do when they want to intimidate you, which is that they moon you. And then they peer at you around their knees and they very gently go, <laughs> It's to check if you're terrified and running yeah. away. And gibbons are not big. They're not muscular. They're sort of, they're like very long, stretched out soft toy monkeys. Yeah. They're very fuzzy and they, they're just the least intimidating things ever. And you you would come over to their cage and they would all line up and moon you and then hoot gently from between their knees and they would absolutely expect you to be like running in terror and it was the least intimidating thing that has ever happened. Yeah, that that was that was that guy. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty much it. <laughs> Less adorable, was... probably. Yeah, I mean, if it hadn't been pre Game of Thrones, he would have gotten oh my sweet summer child. But you know, <laughs> I, I think what I really wanted to say was okay, what why did you say that? Like. Are you trying to intimidate me? It makes me feel like a big man. Are you trying to impress me? It's not going to do either of those things to most people. So just you should stop. <laughs> I did actually go full tansy as a six-year-old. Um, I was like, I, I was at school and one of the big girls from like fifth class was taking our names for some activity. And she came over to me and was like, now I need your full name. So I gave her my full name. And then I did, in fact, start going into the etymology of it. I was like, yes, my name is <laughs> Esther Iphigenia Redacted. The Iphigenia is Greek and it's quite a long one. So I can spell it for you if you need. And the girl was like, what? No, I don't need. No, this is too much. And I was like, but you said you needed my full name. So this is my full name. <laughs> eventually, I think she just may have like just physically like pushed me off into my seat to get rid of me. But like, I, I would have absolutely got on with Tansy, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, it's, it's an odd thing to associate with the cool girl. Yeah, it is uh, actually. Like, the, the too much information thing is something we've all done at some point but yeah. none of us have identified as the cool, the cool girl. girl it's a super totally. dorky i mean i the other the other story i have about like the the other time i remember when i was quite young and people being like why are you reading that other than the book about fish i brought to camp because it was small and convenient to carry uh was in in fifth or sixth class i discovered a book in the school library which was about the origin of, of surnames mm. i like surnames of like britain because uh, that's what the book was about and it was really cool and i i love that i look i love that kind of thing and uh, this was one of the first times i'd read a nice in-depth like look at something <laughs> like that 
I was devouring this. So I was sitting there in class reading this book. I was like, why, why are you reading that? Was the question, was what I got told most often. I was like, what are you reading? You know, people who also read books for fun would ask. And I'd be like, it's a history of surnames. And they'd be like, why? <laughs> I'm like, hang on, this is not, this, this is inherently cool and interesting. It's not inherently cool and interesting. What, why is it not? <laughs> I think me and Karen would have both found it cool and interesting too. Mm. Hobson and Dobson are both from Robert because nobody could pronounce an R apparently. Wow. I mean, yeah. Huh. I mean, are you? I would have just assumed, yeah, you'd either get, oh, uh, what are you reading now for? Or look at my name. Yeah. What's my name mean? No, no, I you just know? got like, an awful lot of... Losers. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of... That's kind of shit. Like... Yeah. Just Philistines. Knowledge is often kind of fun. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah I know. This was a cool I'm not book. trying to take over the world. I just like to learn stuff because yeah, sometimes that, it's cool. That, it's like... cool. I mean, if I found that book again, I have no idea what it was called. But if I found that book again, I would read it. I would buy it. Yeah, yeah it sounds interesting. <laughs> it was fun. We'll get on eight books and find it for your birthday. <laughs> yes. Oh, shit. There's a book. So, yeah, Claudia... Claudia's plot lines are basically she thinks and worries about Mimi a lot and some boy campers come over from the other side and one of them is a devastatingly handsome Asian guy. So she has Mm -hmm. an ongoing quest with the help of her campers to find out what the guy's name is and like (laughs) get to spend some more time with him. The campers have a hilarious kind of camp telegram thing going on where um they find out the guy's name and they're like, don't worry about it. We've sorted for you. Yes. We know We know how this place works. Uh, one of them is like, I've been here multiple years in a row. Just, you know, yeah. just trust me. Yeah. <laughs> um, they they have insider knowledge, which is kind of hilarious. It is adorable. To be fair, I really love the, the, the little campers shipping them so yes. hard. To be like, like, that's adorable. Yeah. There was also yeah. a bit that cracked me up. Uh, Claudia is also very funny in this when she's not being like, uh, you know, pensive and full of wistful foreshadowing. Um, uh-huh. So at one point they go on a horse ride and she comes back all filthy and she has a worm on her. So she puts it on her bunkmate's pillow to see how she'd react. And then shortly afterwards, <laughs> the bunkmate like screams and runs away and she's like, oh, so that's what would happen. <laughs> that's how she reacts. <laughs> that <laughs> also, yes, that when they're all getting changed and they're all filthy and stuff, um, the boys come and knock on the cabin door. Uh, Hello, called a boy's voice. Ah, oh, ah, oh, everyone began screaming. I'm changing, cried Leanne. I'm naked, shrieked Vanessa. I'm Claudia, I said. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, that made me laugh. I liked yeah, it. That was and, and I, I do like that her first meeting with the like gorgeous guy, she's like She's filthy and sweaty m- and smelly. Maggy and sweaty and, and and they still sort of stare at each other entranced across the porch and she hears <laughs> none of the message they're delivering. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I just love that the, the, the little campers are like, oh my god, this is a real life actual adult romance yes. occurring in front of our very eyes. I know, it's so uh, cute. Uh, yeah, they're like, we'll help you. We know there's a boy across the lake named John. We'll start with him. Yes. <laughs> but there must be a thousand Johns over there. So yes, they're they're going to like sneak in and use the phones and everything and they have they have they have networks. They have little sparrows everywhere. They're they're going to ferret so his name out. It's very cute. It's 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 such it's actually a real wholesome little storyline. Like given some of the like 
dodgy romances there have been in some of the other specials. Yeah. Yeah. This is really nice. Yes, he's like, age appropriate <laughs> and everything. He's age appropriate. They just sort of think each other he's got cool spiked up hair. Yeah. And like, you know, they, they just really fancy each other and they hold hands and spend time together and are sweet together and it's a holiday romance. I liked Claudia's um postcard to Ashley. So uh, I also the thing that made me laugh once I noticed it more and more every chapter was that every person who um introduces their chapter with a postcard immediately denounces it and is like that was a lie <laughs> yes every single chapter <laughs> is basically like oh I lied there were so many lies in this um yeah. Claudia writes to Ashley Wyeth uh who as we recall is uh we're, we're none of us are sure why she's writing to her because Ashley could only disapprove of this and Claudia is hilariously couched her postcard to Ashley in terms that she hopes Ashley will approve of, which she never will. She will never no. approve of. Do you want to read it to us there? Uh, I don't have the whole thing, but the quote I have is um, where she's talking about how she she can't meet her beautiful boy. You just know who he, who he is. And she says, I think maybe my heart is breaking so I will be able to make a good painting or sculpture from my pain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, you're 13. <laughs> but also, I mean, no. that's meat and drink yeah. to Ashley. Like, that, this is oh, what yeah. Ashley wants to hear. Yeah. This is the only way she could make a camp romance be acceptable to yes. Ashley. Is, yeah. like, like, she's like, look, I know you you won't understand this, but art, I can turn it into art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah That's fair. a thing I can do. Yeah. So like, what, why did you write to her? Write another letter to Mimi. Come on. <laughs> because the other people she writes to are Janine. Uh, and her parents. And her parents. Yeah. And Mimi. Oh, man. Yeah, she's not going to be telling <laughs> her immediate family about her camp romance. Yeah. Yeah, okay. She's the only <laughs> external friend who she didn't bring to camp. Yeah, pretty much. Amazing. I think, um, yeah. Yeah. I think, and I know I like, I liked how, I liked that. That was, that was a real wholesome one. We've just, yeah, we've seen some dodgy ones. That was a real wholesome yeah. one. I liked it. Yeah, it was nice. Um, actually, here's the thing. Um, like, what was all of this weird, like, dance etiquette and cutting in and stuff? Uh -huh. So I kind of, I wanted to, like, cover the dance all together at the end because like, okay, everyone's story is kind of converged okay, at the end but like yeah we're, we're gonna talk about the dance <laughs> okay cool, that's cool, an cool. easter egg we'll leave it till the end yeah what who else are we who who have we met dawn dawn yeah so dawn well there's two things that kind of go with dawn so firstly there's this girl in the uh, camper in her she's with the 11 year old so there's this yeah. camper in there mm -hmm. who the one that it doesn't have mel and jesse in who is like, she has said herself at the start that she doesn't, her parents made her go to camp. Can I just say, I, I also love Dawn's other camper who tells filthy jokes. Um, yes. They're never repeated, <laughs> but Dawn says that if she told them, she'd get grounded. So, like, yes. clearly this girl is telling <laughs> really fucking unspeakable jokes, and I love it. <laughs> That's what camp is for. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the girl is the, the the girl. So she sits. She basically she just sits. She just reads and writes in her journal. And she doesn't want to do any of the camp activities. And she's not particularly interested in talking to the other campers. And they all. And she's not unhappy. Yeah, and she's mm -hmm. she's perfectly content. Yeah. And Dawn is kind of obsessed with the fact that she's not interacting with the other campers. Amazing, like drive by burn in this. Uh, Heather was lying on her bottom bunk. She was in the journal writing phase of the afternoon. I looked at her thoughtfully. She reminded me an awful lot of Mallory, only in a good way. Yes. Yes, what I have that highlighted that too. To be? Like, ouch. Yeah. Like, 
there's a lot to unpack there. Wow, Dawn. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yikes. Maybe it was meant to be. She reminded me a lot of Mallory in a good way. But that's not what that but says. Only no, it's not no, what, it's that, not what says. that says. That's not what that says. It's like you know what you know what she does. She 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 she's very like Mallory with her reading and her journaling, except she's sort of confident and self possessed. It's just she phrased that in the most bitchy way possible. She really did. Yeah, that's so mean when Mal is over there like fucking. Um, Mallory is struggling. Yeah, there's some stuff going on in that. Like that was the the um, the dormitory that made me the most mad. Yeah, yeah. A lot, like, yeah, and then Marianne's was, like, the second yes. most, like, um, yeah, irritating. Irritating is not the word. I'm not irritated. Infuriating. I'm just, like, infuriating, yeah. yes, is exactly it, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Dawn is, Dawn is obsessively pondering over what's going on with Heather, whereas what's going on with Heather is she's an introvert and there's nothing wrong. Like, she has explained this. She literally was like, I didn't want to come to camp. My parents made me. Here I am. It's fine. I'm alright. I'm books. fine. You know, I'm I'm going to read my books. Yeah. She's not like Charlotte Johansson. Like, she's not crying or miserable or anything. But Donna's like, no, I must make you participate or die in the attempt. She doesn't even try to make her participate. Like, she doesn't try to drag her into things. Like, you know, she just kind of... And she just offers a lot yeah. when it's pretty clear it's going to be rejected and it's not going to work. And she worries about it a lot when it's not like yeah. needed. They're, this girl's fine. There is no she problem. Doesn't... Not to be consistently being the devil's advocate here. Um, I do think that the other girls in the cabin are being quite unpleasant. No, that's true. Yeah. And um, and that Dawn is kind of trying to, she's trying to interact with her in a, in a kind of a more positive way that's not like, you know, oh, you're such a loser. Because um, if Dawn hadn't interacted with her, then she would literally, the only thing that people would have said to her was, oh my God, yeah, no, ignore her. She's reading, yeah. you know, she doesn't want to hang out with her. Um, and it's, not, it's not actually so much Dawn's actions as her like thoughts yeah. in the in the narrative. Her inner monologue is yeah, very the, judgy. It's the inner monologue. We're like, oh my god, she's fine. It's it's okay. Stop worrying about it. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, it is good that Dawn like talks to her a little because nobody else is. And yeah, the others are being mean, and the uh, counselor does fuck all to stop it. Yeah. Uh, because yay. Yes, there. It's definitely. Um. It's not a good cabin for counselors. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They lose their first counsellor and their second one is like yeah, so, dangerously incompetent. Yeah, the first counsellor's mom gets sick and she has to go home. And then their second counsellor has been at camp once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they all go on a night hike and this idiot gets them lost in the woods. And my question is this. Why couldn't they have given a more experienced counsellor the night hike mm-hmm. and had her babysit their cabin for the evening for the love of God? Yeah. Seriously. Definitely a management fuck up. Yes. That was, yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure that you shouldn't have, like, a random 16-year-old who's been to camp once, even one who's been to camp a lot, take a bunch of 11-year-olds with two 13-year-olds <laughs> as backup on a night hike. Yeah, that was a lot of responsibility. <laughs> I bet there's a true crime podcast on Spotify <laughs> somewhere detailing this yeah. exact scenario. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they get hopelessly lost and... Yeah, she's 15! Um, Oh my god! Oh this my is, god! This is the worst idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That wouldn't. That would be an insurance issue. 
Um, <laughs> and Heather saves the day because she's read survival guides and also is capable of reading a map unlike the 15-year-old. Yes, cr- crucially, they, they miss some of the trail markers because they're so busy singing the monster mash, uh, except that Heather notices them. And is overruled. They all, yeah, then they all argue about how to read the map and Heather, like, is reading the map, but again is overruled and nobody listens to her. And then eventually she takes charge because they get completely hopelessly lost. Um, yeah, the counsellor eventually admits they're lost and Heather is like, fine, look, there's a clearing no. over there. Let's just camp there yeah. and not get more lost. We can travel in the morning when there's daylight. And then the campers mm. start to worry about eating rattlesnakes, <laughs> which is yes. not helpful. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, then, yeah, eventually, basically Heather saves everyone's lives. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eventually Heather demands the map, uh, gets it off the shitty counsellor, and gets them back to camp, and it's fine. And Uh, Except the whole camp has been like, oh my god, there was an incident, and it was you. We've all been on high alert. Like, wondering whether we were going to have to go in with the corpse-handling dogs, like, trying to find you all. Um, So well done, Heather. Good for you. Yeah. (laughs) Heather does not get the fulsome apologies that she deserves, but she does get a a bravery medal, so that's something. And most importantly, they get back in time for the dance. They do get back in time for the dance, and that is what we all care about the most. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah, Jesse and Mallory, um, their story is basically, it's it's a joint story. Even though we get chapters from each of their perspectives, they basically are the same story. So, uh, yes, they're in Cabin... They are junior CITs. They're in the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because they <laughs> Their cabin is the worst. It's uh, literally just the racist bitch cabin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I... Uh, yeah. Maybe they're not all racist in that that may not be all of their motivations for being a bitch, but they're definitely all bitches and many of them are racist. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of girls whose names begin with M. Yeah, M A. In fact, thinking there are two Marys in it. Yeah, it's Mandy and Maureen and two Marys and Mallory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Jesse. Yeah. Uh, yes. God, imagine like yeah. Let's just underscore the point that she's the only black person there by giving her a name that happens to start with something other than yep. M. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, all white girls have names beginning with M. <laughs> Apparently. So they're they're being terrible. They're just being. It, you could have had a bullying narrative like where they're just you know like the the other girls are making fun of Mallory and Jesse for being really good friends that stick together and that also have the armbands and that are kind of doing a different thing and like yeah it's like making fun of them for thinking that junior CITs is a thing frankly you could have had a little bit of rivalry yeah basically they think Mallory and Jesse are too keen and yeah and they're making fun of them and some of that but some of that is racist um Mm. like for fuck's sake um yeah the no the so as junior cits they they basically that's explained as they wanted to be cits and they're too young but the camp said hey we can give you a special job if you want Yeah. yeah you know that's and we can we can make use of you um so their job that they've been given is that they're going to do a um, they're going to organize a production with the, as you said earlier, with the younger kids, um, where they're going to do a dance show for the yeah. parents, um, and that's fine. So it's not a complete like 
no I mean they really are they they have something to do yeah. and it's useful and yeah. it's good for the camp yeah. like if they're not mm-hmm. like like I mean I'd imagine the meanies were like yeah more free labor okay yeah. I mean labor that's paying <laughs> yeah that's what I would do sorry that's yeah. what I meant um <laughs> so you know yeah they they definitely junior CIT is a made up thing but to be honest with you the meanies might continue it next year yes yeah. it's 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 a made up thing. Yeah, you know, it, it works for them, and it like they do have something to do that the others don't. Yes, that's true. So yeah, they have lots of fun with the smaller girls teaching them sort of dance and expression through movement and whatnot. Uh, even though Becca has <laughs> terrible stage fright, and Charlotte Johansson is going through some stuff. Tm. Yeah. Um, but they have fun, which is nice because they're not having a lot of fun the rest of the time. Yeah, basically, as soon as they get there, they're really excited and dash to get a bunk together, which is extremely normal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, they're 11. It's, this is normal. And, like... They're buddies. Yeah, that's what you would expect. Yeah. They, there's nothing weird about this, but the other girls act like they're freaks. Yeah. And everything they do... Like, okay, Mallory is kind of cringy with her homemade armbands. It's extremely cringy. Like... But, like, that is literally the only cringy thing yeah. that either of them does. They're just keen to hang out together and they go to breakfast, like, a little bit early on the first morning and the others are like, God, oh, the stadium. Getting up on time is so late. Yeah. Like, kind of attitude. And none of the others even make fun of the CIT armbands. That was just the only thing I could see in there that, yeah. Yeah. like, you you could reasonably laugh at a little bit. Which I think, again, circles back to, like, they're just racist and they're just picking on every aspect mm-hmm. of their behavior because they want yeah. to pick on Jesse. So. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's the the overall the overall impression. There's um, They're just it's yeah, yeah, cuz it goes from like uh, are you twins? You don't look like twins. Like point of that. It's just draw attention to the fact that Jesse's black is Yep. I guess. And there's then, yeah. And there's then, an actual racial slur yeah. as well, which yeah. um, is the first first and I think only time I've ever seen that in yeah, the wild. I'm but um, I've seen I've seen it since. But this was uh, like I've always associated it with this book as like this is where I learned. Also, the girl only... uses it wrong. Um, yes, which is, like... the only time I've ever come across it was uh, before. Like obviously, yeah, actually no, I honestly have come across it so rarely. The first time I ever came across it was a hilarious story about like how banned word lists and computers are not wise. Oh. Because, mm. like... It also has an innocent meaning. That this school just, like, we're looking up the cookie brand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a cookie brand, guys. <laughs> yeah. This is not, like... Yeah. yeah, and they use it in the racial slur way uh, in the book. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, like... And I honestly think the first time I actually knew what it was supposed to mean as a racial slur was reading this yeah. like two weeks ago so <laughs> there you go oh well, that's <laughs> what it means okay fair enough that person who um put up a screen cap of their their net nanny um uh it, uh, it was a, a email they had received saying your child tried to access the following forbidden, forbidden information yeah. which was forbidden knowledge <laughs> which was teaching crabs <laughs> to read <laughs> which I guess was the word crabs the probably it was like... the word crabs, yes, but teaching crabs to read. <laughs> and then you see then the thing about doing something having something that oh, that mm-hmm. zealous. Yeah. 
is that you then have to your kid turns around and goes why was teaching crabs to read long? yeah then you, then you have to explain, explain what crabs are and then you, should you probably that. should just do that to start with yeah i got caught by a net nanny in a former job where i was googling the tipperary energy agency and it was it came up as a forbidden website <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh yes, because it was under it, it said this has been uh, blocked by your employer uh, under the category of traditional religions. <laughs> and I said it to my boss, and I was like, "Do you understand this?" Oh, I guess they must have got rid of that creepy uh, preacher guy. <laughs> Which, <laughs> she just completely ad libbed. There was nobody of that nature at the temporary energy agency, as far as I know. That's but I was bad. like, I actually need this for my work. <laughs> So, can somebody please sort this Who out? Who has the admin password? Can we turn this off and just... <laughs> yeah. And just, we had to go to IT. <laughs> but we trust that we're all adults here. Yeah. I just want to send them an email. <laughs> when I worked in the publisher's office, at one point there was there was trouble because we were publishing a book about wines. And the girls working on the book needed to access the wine company's website but it was blocked by the net nanny. And they were like, we just need information on their corporate structure. We're not trying to buy booze on the clock. Meanwhile, I was having to do like image research for pictures of herpes rashes, which were like fully turning up <laughs> pictures of like blistered dicks in the middle of the office. But apparently that was, that was totally fine. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, have we are we on are we all to Marianne? Are we all to the we, best? We one? almost are, yeah. We just we we have to wrap up uh, Mallory and Jesse, so Oh yeah. They get vengeance through musicals, which is like yes. uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda is sitting in the audience <laughs> yes, taking notes, notes at this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they they put together a dance performance piece about racist bitches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, racist bitches are bad and wrong. And most of the racist bitches uh, have the grace to apologize to them and recommend some more horse books for them because they're obsessed with horse books. Except Maureen. We all we all noticed you didn't apologize. Yeah, yeah Maureen. No, more, so, yeah, Maureen is probably the one who was... Um... The Irish-American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she probably will give you a big lecture on how the Irish were totally slaves, you guys. And... Yeah. Therefore. I'm guessing, yeah, Maureen is the one who yeah. I, I, I'm guessing like actively is a white supremacist and knows it and thinks <laughs> this is a good thing as opposed to the others who were just sort of like, let's pick on someone who's different. Yeah, Maureen stormed the capital. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah she, she, she so yeah. did. <laughs> That's their plot. It's it's fairly like they don't have a ton of chapters or anything like that. But uh, yeah, they, yeah, they get revenge through dance and good for them. They're not They're not thrilled with the whole situation, but they just like I, I get it. the impression that they yeah. yeah that they managed to have a reasonably good time at camp despite the mm-hmm. racist bitches in their cabin and everything outside of those racist bitches is good yeah and that they're you know they overall the experience has been positive for them because they got revenge yeah. with their racism play which is nice yeah uh, <laughs> life lesson Revenge is important. Prioritize revenge. <laughs> yes. revenge is important. Prioritize revenge, provided you do it through the medium of musical theatre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or the arts in general is probably a- the arts. No, that's very generally applicable to everybody's lives. Yes. Okay, Marianne. <laughs> Marianne is amazing. Can we just talk as well though before we get into this about how, like, Marianne has a great fun pl- plot line, but her cabin is toxic as fuck when yes. she starts yes. out. Um, yes. 
it's it's kind of like all this stuff is lined up at the start of the book and I was like, oh God, I'm not enjoying this at all. This is actually pretty yeah, terrible. Yeah, and then I got onto someone who had a cabin that wasn't awful and it was, it was a big relief. Yeah. So like Marianne's cabin is kind of like the evil side of what Christie's cabinets yeah. are. Yes, exactly. Christie's cabinets are the well-intentioned, friendly, we just want you to be like us because we think that's how you're supposed to enjoy yourself. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. people and Marianne's ones are the oh my god you're so weird why like do you have a boyfriend well I don't believe that you have a boyfriend look at you yeah bitch yeah the, C the CITs are very bullying yes and the campers there's a whole nepotism thing going on yeah. where I think there's like a CIT and her sister are in the same cabin yeah. one of the campers yeah. are in the same cabin and the sister is a is a small criminal yes, yes. Accuses Vanessa Pike of stealing her hairbrush because she just hadn't unpacked it, and Vanessa owns a similar one. Yeah, I my note on this is I hate to advocate tattling on the first day, but falsely accusing somebody of stealing and then the older sister unquestionably backing it yeah. up, yeah. unquestioningly backing it up, that is tattling time. <laughs> yeah, that is like people need to start being sent home. Um, like you do not, you do not like have a false accusation of stealing like yeah. go unaddressed sorry I feel very strongly about this <laughs> nothing gets addressed at this place it would be one thing if she had apologised but like she doesn't really apologise or seem to feel bad about it they're just like yeah. Meh. no there's a lot of institutional support for this yeah. particular like just abuse of the system yeah, yeah no I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> I'm very annoyed about this <laughs> this whole thing but Marianne basically is the only one who actually like defends Vanessa Pike also of all the things to steal well it's not even that she defends it's that she goes okay let's find out what's actually happened yeah. maybe you haven't unpacked your hairbrush yet yeah because mm -hmm. you know you've got two little kids one of them is like she stole my hairbrush the other one's no this is my hairbrush you, you've she does what you're mm -hmm. supposed to do you don't sit there and go, you're wrong and you're right. You go, okay, well, let's find out. Let's check in case yeah. yours is still in the bag. It would have been a completely, like, unimportant skirmish if it had been two random campers who'd never met each other before and the person in charge had checked it out and was like, no, no, it's just a misunderstanding. But the sister came in yep. and backed up an accusation and said, my sister would never wrongly accuse somebody of yep. stealing. And that is, like... Yeah. That's shitty. That's the bit I have the problem with. I don't care about the two kids pointing fingers at each other and going, she stole something and she lied. Like, yeah. Um, yes. No. Ugh. First little girl, you assume. Second little girl, she's just wrong. Yeah. She's not lying. Just, I just, I just, I want to live in a world where we investigate accusations and don't Wouldn't just... that be nice? <laughs> that would be, that would be great. Even on... A tiny it's little. It's like if, if we can't have justice in a single cabin in a summer camp, what hope is there for the real world? Exactly. But That's hey. why you need Marianne, who will cut a bitch, to investigate. Yeah, we need more <laughs> Marianne's in this world. Well, I mean, to be fair, so Marianne's kind of thing starts, starts off with that. Like, yeah, they're all, they, she, they, they're they talking about boyfriends, and or they all seem more sophisticated than her. She mentioned she have, has a boyfriend. She kind of feels like she has to justify herself or prove yeah. she's not a big baby. And it's the older mm -hmm. sister, uh, specifically, who doesn't believe her that she has a boyfriend. Who's the older sister? What's her name again? I can't remember. Uh, Faye. Faye. I was going to say it was Faye. That, oh, yeah, because oh, they all had old-fashioned movies starting. Yes. Faye and, yeah. Faye Dunaway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and then so Marianne fakes this this love letter <laughs> ridiculous love letter to Logan yes so that they will find it yeah so that and it escalates yeah and every step it escalates Marianne is like all right better do this then who wants to who wants to read the love letter who, who gets that prize? Me, 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 me. Okay, me. go we'll for it. it. Okay. I've got, hang on, I've got to find it, though. That's the problem. Yeah, she writes her dad a tiny postcard oh, because yeah. she needs all her afternoon to <laughs> write it. Dear dad, hi, how are you? I'm fine. Cab's fine. Gotta go. Bye. Love, Marianne. P.S. Pat ticker for me. I <laughs> like <laughs> she points it out. I didn't have time enough to write him a long one, so I wrote him a short one in big handwriting instead. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this masterpiece. Dear Logan, I miss you so much. I am counting the days until next Wednesday. This next week will seem like a year. I think if you would want to swan, crossed out, swoon. <laughs> oh, to feel your arms around me at the dance. It has been too long since our last kiss. I will be wearing the formal teepee wear, of course, <laughs> and a yellow ribbon in my hair. What of you, my love? Will you wear your aftershave? If you were to bring me a yellow flower to match my ribbon, I would melt in your arms. Love forever. Kisses and hugs. Your love bunny, Marianne. XOO. <laughs> Logan gets this and is like, is this a code? He's like, the only notes she's ever sent me were like, meet me at, see you at five. Yeah, yeah see you at five. <laughs> like, what? What is this? What? But I love that he's just like, she's obviously up to, this is part of a scheme. Yeah. I'm going to go along with it. Logan is a good partner in crime in this. Yeah. Like, he's just rolls with it. He's like... You can count on him in a tight spot. <laughs> I like it. You can see why, you know, Marianne, who will cut a bitch, would like to have someone this reliable. Yeah. Like, he, he will hold your coat while you cut a bitch. <laughs> I love it. Also, she she specifically says that she wrote this letter to Pritz so the other girls would find it, so that she could use it to prove just how sophisticated she is. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's so cute. I, I like that she follows through when it doesn't work out quite how she oh, yeah. anticipated. Yes. So they're like, how are you going to get it to him? Because, you know, he needs lots of notice so that he can get you a really good yellow flower. And you better. Yeah. Then, then they're kind of fussing over it. And Marianne's like, at least the campers don't care about all of this. And then Tara from the corner is like Quinn from Jaws. <laughs> she's like, if you go over there at night, you'd have to get around bed check somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Tara. It's amazing. <laughs> Fucking escalating things. I know. Yeah. So, like, it goes from, I'll just do a fake letter so that they believe I have a boyfriend and think I'm cool. Yeah. To, like, sneaking out of the cabin. While she has been led to believe there are escaped murderers from uh, what they keep calling a lunatic asylum uh, in the woods nearby. Yep. Yes, Ronald Feeney and Harve the Knife Johnson are apparently <laughs> out on the loose. Oh, man. Somebody online, right? Um, I, 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 I read a few kind of Tumblr hot takes on this book. Um, one of which was like, so in this book... This is mentioned a few times yep. that there are escaped murderers on the loose and it is never actually refuted. Yes. Nope. So I guess this is the one time in fictional history when this turns out to not be an urban legend. <laughs> it's actually true in the world of the book that there are escaped murderers on the loose. Yes, because the cool girls 
have like snuck into Mamie's office and list, watched her TV or something. So they may or may yeah. not have actual information, but we never do find out if there are murderers roaming the woods. I think what they do is they hide outside the office and look through the window yeah. at what she's looking at on TV, <laughs> which I we did in the Gale Talk. Oh, we, I didn't care about it. But there was a certain time in the day when we were all in the house waiting for the bus um, to go to classes or whatever. And half of the people would have their like faces pressed against like a gap in the door into the Valentine's sitting room because Home and Away was on the telly. <laughs> and they were just like, Home and Away? I miss Home and Away so much. <laughs> That's adorable. My my six-year-old and his little buddies do that every day when I go to pick them up. They leg it round the side of the school and they peek in at the principal in her office Aww. just to just to peek at her, so um, which I'm, I'm sure is extremely obvious. <laughs> in her office, like, hello, lads. You know. <laughs> I would live for that moment every day if I was yes. the principal. That's adorable. That's, it's ridiculously adorable. <laughs> little, little daily highlight. Where are the little yeah. peeping faces? Are they checking in on me? Yeah, cool. She's in. She's in the office. Yeah, yes, that's her office where she works. <laughs> she's she's she at the computer me. doing admin. Oh my god. <laughs> That's adorable. That is, that is honestly the sweetest thing. Small boys are hilarious. So yeah, yeah. So, yeah I so. just like Marianne's <laughs> attitude to this whole thing, though, because like she doesn't do the Marianne panic thing. She's oh. just like, oh, some more shit I have to do. I guess. Like, <laughs> anyway, I guess I've got to dodge murderers now to like back up this story. Yeah, I didn't think I had much choice. It was either make the nighttime trip or spend the next week and a half knowing that Randy Faye and Julie thought I was a total jerk. Maybe the trip would help to build character. The Camp Mohawk brochure promised to do that. <laughs> Besides, it would be nice to see Logan. She's just very kind of, well this is stupid but I'm going to make the best of it I guess. This is stupid but like, it's what I'm doing so here we go. And She makes a and dummy. She she uses a cantaloupe <laughs> to to get her own bed check it's amazing in this like in with what we've been told of the food here just acquiring a melon is to be frank a coup in itself she could have left it at that it's also hilarious that one of these mean girls helpfully steals the melon for her like they know they're hazing her but they're also kind of helping her out as well she wins them over I mean, to be, it's exciting. You can't not get involved yeah. in it. Like, you know, even if in in the the process of like aiding your friend's suicide mission, they kind of they kind of bonded. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, exactly. They're like they're getting her a torch and giving her batteries for the torch and everything. <laughs> and they they give her they give her advice for what to do if she runs into the murderers, which is fall down and play dead. Oh my god. So that is so funny. That's bears, guys. That's bears. That's not murderers. Then she she does encounter some men in the woods, and she's like, "Go away! Get out! Don't kill me! I've got a kitten at home. He needs me. Oh yeah, I've also got a gun." It's priceless. Like, she should have brought a knife. I know. If only someone had thought to give her a knife or some tin cans. If she had brought a knife, she would have killed that person who found her. I know. Oh yeah, it would have been a way less she funny. She would have actually yeah. cut a bit. And then yeah, Marianne the manslaughter incident. She like. hears another voice, which is a woman's voice that knows her by name. And she's like, oh, there's definitely just a third murderer called Bonnie the Hatchet Jones or Goldie Fastfinger Swordman. And it's like, oh no, it's it's our counsellor. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out they can tell the difference between a human head and a cantaloupe. 
does devious bastards. But like, I mean, the thing is, I cannot believe that it's actually rare. Like, they have bed check at 9.30. And after that, they get left alone. I cannot believe that they don't have a constant flow of foot traffic. <laughs> yeah. That path through the woods. It's a single path you can't get lost yeah, like, That's... they really ought to be patrolling every night anyway. But yeah, Marianne yeah. gets caught, and she's worried that she's in loads of trouble. But I think Old Meanie just sort of rolls her eyes, and Connie, the counsellor, is like, yeah, I did that when I was your age. And there's two boy counsellors from the other side who are like, we'll make sure this gets to Logan. And she's like, really? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> oh, my embarrassing letter is getting to its destination and I can't explain what the, situ- yeah, the context was. that will be a bad thing. Yeah. So, okay. Thanks. <laughs> I think, um, I like, okay, so one of the things I like is, it, is so she gets a punishment of like three days of no swimming, which she's delighted by. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, the, and the counsellor is like, yeah, I did that once too. And then when Logan gets uh, in trouble, because uh, he starts a massive food fight because everyone is making fun of him about this letter, mm-hmm. he gets told he gets uh, told three days of no arts and crafts, which he's delighted by. Yes, and his counselor is like, "Yeah, I once started a food fight too." <laughs> a beautiful bit of symmetry. Yeah, yeah. We don't get a ton of Logan chapters, but like. His his POV is quite fun as well. It actually is. We mm-hmm. haven't talked about Logan. No, that's we haven't. One, yeah, that's the one we missed. Damn. Yeah, so he receives this letter and people make a politically incorrect um, uh, fun of his poor girlfriend yes. um, who they don't understand that she's been forced into this position. They made up a whole new slur. This really bugs me because they could have just been like called her a dope. Yeah. It's terrible, yeah. Or a dork. Mm-hmm. There are words that will be insulting. Dork is used in this book elsewhere, which would be good. Oh, just um, call her a dork. Yeah. Don't make up a slur that's short for feeble-minded. That That is still very obviously a slur. Uh, yeah, they're really bitchy about it. Um, like, they think it's really stupid that he has a girlfriend, basically. Which, like, I don't think that's how teenage boys He's... typically... No, no, I, I think it's that they, they've they only know her through that letter. Okay, alright. Which is, it is super cringy. I mean, the letter is pretty embarrassing. And yes, then a guy called Cliff reads it out to everybody. And Logan is extremely embarrassed, but also very touched. And he's like, does she really mean those things? Does she really want a yellow flower? <laughs> Bless. Yeah, it's kind of adorable. <laughs> but he is also worried that the whole time that Marianne is then going to go come and be a, a, a be a dork and that then they'll all be justified in what they've been calling her and like it's going to be embarrassing for him he is a little worried about that a little bit but i think he knows she's clearly like she's she's clearly up to something this is not like yeah, typical it's fair. no no it's true i think he's just concerned yep. because he's like the, the guy the cits are douchebags oh yeah and He's in the toxic masculinity cabin. He is in the toxic masculinity cabin. There's literally like Hawaiian shirts and sunglasses. And, sunglasses. Yes. and, and yeah. someone who's teaching the kids to play poker. <laughs> yeah. Logan's like, they act as though they were just let out of prison. <laughs> yeah. And he's worked very hard. He says it in himself. He's worked very hard to like not be picked on by these guys to seem just cool mm. enough. Yeah. Um, and he's managed it because you know he's kind of savvy that way and he's doing okay and he's like oh if Marianne is like a giant dork this is gonna wreck that for me 
but like mostly he's like no she's probably not though she's probably up to something yeah he's quite game he gets her a yellow flower it's all good oh yes mm-hmm. also there's but there's an ongoing thing so they they go to the boys camp for a movie night at one point and the boys have been valiantly trying to get like a porno for the movie night That's it. <laughs> I, I i reread that and when they say a dirty movie like nobody in the right mind would expect to be like that I reckon he just meant like a sex comedy, that has boob, something that basic has instinct, in. possibly or Animal House, Animal House, yeah, yeah, Fast Times at whatever the fuck high, just yeah, <laughs> just means something with boobs in and sexual jokes. I'm pretty sure. I hope. Like, I just don't think you could actually be thick enough. I don't know. I mean, it's it's consistently referred to as a dirty movie. The thing is, though. 13 year olds can be pretty thick they might think this is something they could legitimately pull off like i i feel like 10 seconds in a counselor would intervene but yeah it's fair (laughs) but they're not trying to trick them into it they're trying to just like get permission for it that's why i think that they can't possibly mean i think they've been told they can rent a movie (laughs) and they're trying to like we want Pulp Fiction, yes, please. Exactly. No, you cannot have Pulp Fiction. <laughs> no, it hasn't been made yet. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for that reason, but also for other reasons. Yes. I, 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 I just lean on, I know where you're coming from. 13-year-olds are pretty thick, but I'm just, I, like, like the, kind of the most likely thing is that they mean, like, a, a mainstream movie that's slightly raunchy. It's got boobs in. Maybe it's in the same vain as Marianne attempting to get round the lake. It's like, yeah. maybe we'll attempt to put on yeah. 10 seconds <laughs> of, you know, uh, nude nuns with big guns, <laughs> you know, or whatever it is. Nobody really thinks we'll get away with it, but we're going to try, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to be the guy that showed ten, the first 10 <laughs> seconds of nude nuns with big guns before it was turned off by the counsellor who was like, ah, here, now. That's true. You would be a legend forever if you... Got, they are got away just tr- yeah. trying to earn man points. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's fair. They don't ever think that's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> it's performative. It is. <laughs> Very. Meanwhile, back in like, back on the girl side of toxic gender performance, um, <laughs> the mean girls have decided to pierce uh, Marianne's ears. Uh, so they've they've decided they kind of like and respect Marianne because she did the, uh, she did the trying to sneak around the lake thing. Good life lesson. And... They, yes, Tara asked her for beauty tips and she told her to put avocado mash on her face. Uh, but Faye was allergic to avocados, so couldn't do this. Marianne is like, yeah, well, it was just bullshitting anyway, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she has learned how beauty tips work. Yes, exactly. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> they start asking her for like fashion advice and she's like, uh, whatever. Uh, but then they decide that they want to pierce her ears and she's like, no, this is terrible. I'm really, 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 really not allowed. But, you know, this is just more shit I have to do to impress these bitches, basically. <laughs> so she's like, fine, if it's that important to you, go ahead and do it. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I love it. She's like, she hates everything about this, but she's like, Ugh, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, she's like really just going, like she's just going for it big time. And yeah. The weird thing about this, and I, I see it in books and stuff a lot, right, is people being all like, oh, I really wouldn't be allowed to do this, and I also don't want to do this, but I can't tell them. And I was like, I, I, I'm pretty sure that 
I can't get my ears pierced. My dad is super strict. It's a real pain. He would actually murder me. Like, there's just no way I can do it. I'd love to have pierced ears. Won't fly. Like, everyone has parents. Yeah, no, I don't. I, they know everyone has parents, but I don't think they'd let her get away with that. I think uh, kids will only accept that if they're kind of, if they kind of like you. Like, if they're looking for an excuse to pick on you, that won't cut it. Mm. Ah, you see, yeah. I think it's about the way, right? So it, you, you say it. So if you're like, oh, I'm not allowed to do that. No, no, you're not getting away with that. Yeah. But if you're trying to be cool, then what you say is, oh, my mom's a total bitch. She won't let me do that. Oh, I'm not allowed to do that. Then you're cool because disrespecting your parents is cool. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. <sighs> it depends a lot on the... Yeah, it's yeah. fair. fair. Peer, peer pressure is just... Yeah. I was reminded recently that um, like peer pressure can be your friends are doing something that seems super cool and you want to do it as well. Mm-hmm. And they have talked amongst themselves and think you... We, you shouldn't feel under pressure to do this, so they're not going to make you do it. And you're like, I just want to go drinking with you guys. <laughs> yeah. you know? um, I was, I was in that literal exact position. They're like, No, we don't want to. You know, we don't want to corrupt you. And I'm like, I want to be corrupted. <laughs> Give me the fucking alcohol pop. Yeah. Hand it over. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am not innocent. And they're like, Oh, bless. Go home. It's the last bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah Mary Ann just sort of wearily acquiesces to this and then comes up with a list of supplies that they have to get because she claims she'd seen this done a bunch of times. <laughs> and then they infuriatingly find all the supplies. Yeah. And she's like, oh no, you got all the supplies? Then they keep like <laughs> dithering over what earrings to use and stuff like that. And they're all clearly quite nervous. And they're, they're just playing ear piercing chicken at this point. And Marianne is like, yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. Pierce my ears, bitch. Um, and then they panic and can't do it. And Faye is like, no, I can't do this. I've never done this before. And I hate the sight of blood. And Marianne just wins. Yes. It's amazing. Yes, she absolutely wins it. ear piercing chicken. Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. And she's like, this is great. Now all I have to do is prove that my boyfriend still exists and I've totally won over these rando bitches I'm never going to have to see again. Yeah, it's all good practice for Marianne. Like, whatever she goes on to do, I'm sure this is like, this is all... She doesn't have to do this kind of thing for with the babysitters because they're more accepting. Yes. She's yeah. just honing her skills in this awful cabin of terrible people. She's pushing yeah. her limits and, you know, yeah, I feel like this is good for her overall. Marianne is an undercover cop now, I think. <laughs> if you wanted to yes. deliver a good message, you would have had the lesson be like, you know, a, a kind of a worthy kind of message for other... Stand you know, up to you, these girls. You, know, you don't no, have to impress anyone. No, it would have been, you don't have to care what they think. Like, if you still want to be realistic, be like, why do you care what they think? Just carry on. Logan exists whether they think he does or not. Yeah. And like, just, you know, mm-hmm. just learn to not care about random strangers' opinion of you, really judgmental random strangers' opinion of you. But I don't care that that's not the message. I'm so happy that she does this. It's way more fun. <laughs> yes. It's real beat them at their own game, though. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also sometimes a good way to approach things. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's also nice to not care about people's opinions, but most of the time you kind of do. Yeah, yeah, you can't just switch that off. <laughs> Sometimes you just yeah. have to like grit your teeth and sneak around the lake and use a cantaloupe to pretend it's your head and volunteer to have your ears pierced. Sometimes you can't get away from these people. Yes, exactly. Yes. Frequently you can't get away from these people. So if you can beat them at their own game, then like... Do that. More power to you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, meanwhile, Logan across the lake is like sort of trying to figure out what the hell is going on. He points out that, like, not many boys have dared to do this. Uh, so, like, Marianne is actually, like, pretty much a badass, so fuck you guys. Pretty hardcore. Yeah. The camp is getting ready for the dance. He's worrying about following Marianne's instructions to the letter, so he's made sure to get a yellow flower specifically. He's borrowed some aftershave from his counsellor. <laughs> so adorable. He, he's finds a safety pin so that he can fasten the flower to Marianne's teepee sweater when she gets off the minivan. He wears his cleanest socks. Yes. Can I read yes. this? Yes. <laughs> uh, finally, supper was over and the counsellors took the campers to an astronomy lecture, which us CITs were glad to miss. Instead, we went to our cabins and got ready for the dance. Um, by the way, I did the sums and there are maximum 40 CITs. This is going to be a very small dance. <laughs> this is one class and a few extras. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. I put on my TP shorts. They all have TP themed clothes. Um, and TP polo shirt and tied my TP sweater casually around my <laughs> shoulders. Then I put on my cleanest TP socks and my Reeboks. I splashed on the aftershave. I was ready. That the flower for the phoebe? Asked Rick, pointing to the glass of water next to my bunk. The glass held a perfect yellow daisy. Next to it was a safety pin so I could fasten the flower to Marianne's teepee sweater as soon as she stepped off the minivan. Can I read the next bit? Because it's my favourite line in the whole thing. Yeah, it's so good. No, it's a flower for old Meanie, I replied, punching him on the arm. I'm trying to impress her. I want to date her, then run away to the Caribbean with her and live there forever. After a year or so, we won't even remember Mr. Meanie, although he'll spend the rest of his life hiring private detectives to track him down, to track us down. I love it. This is the the best line. He's so sassy. In a, yes, in a YA he's, he's book, insanely sassy. Yes. The int- he's just full of sass the whole chapter. He's just inspired. Yes. <laughs> uh, Rick laughed. Just checking. He said, "Like, yeah, you just you've just been told, Rick. Yeah, you've been told. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> just deal with it. You don't know what you're you don't know what you're dealing with here. You have not met Marianne yet. So just yes. like." just stay in your lane rick exactly i was just about to say that (laughs) so yeah um they they are delighted to actually finally see each other and prove that each other is real and acceptably cool and whatever um yes nobody is actually that embarrassed to be seen with each other uh which is nice yes then we have um (laughs) yeah they, they all do lots of dancing they keep Doing this cutting in thing, which just seems weird to us. I have never seen it done. I've only seen it on The Simpsons when, like, Mr. Burns cuts in on Grandpa and Mrs. Bouvier <laughs> and steals her away and breaks, breaks Grandpa's heart. That is the only context I have for this. Seems fair. That places it chronologically at about, like, 1902 <laughs> kind of standard yes. of, like... I think this may again be Anna Martin writing about youth culture of her own youth rather than the 90s. <laughs> it's, it's not contemporary. Yeah, it is entirely likely, yeah. <laughs> so yes, he dances with Marianne, but then Cliff cuts in on them. Uh, 
And then mm-hmm. Logan cuts in on another couple and realizes that the girl he's dancing with is Christy because she looks really different, i.e. terrific. <laughs> Which <laughs> I'm Look. sure he didn't mean as witheringly as it sounds, but... <laughs> when I got all done up for the Debs and a bunch of my friends, some of whom were going, some of whom were in younger years and weren't going, think of the Debs as being kind of a bit like prom, except it happens in a hotel, not the school gym uh when i went yeah so all told up to go to the devs and I, my friends were kind of you know seeing me off and one of them said oh my god eva you look lovely i can't believe it <laughs> she has a phd in genetics now but i've never let her forget that <laughs> Yeah, I think we all have a like a, a cherished slight of that. Yeah, kind. someone yeah. definitely said something Sorry. very similar to me at some point. <laughs> to be fair, I knew where she was coming from. I like never dressed up or wore makeup or anything, and there I was dressed up and wearing makeup yeah. and looking all glam. It was like, yeah, yeah. at the depths, who would have thunk it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that you would have worn makeup to the Debs. I mean, I- or at uh, the prom <laughs> for our mechanisms. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Claudia has like romance with Will, the hot boy from the boys' side. Uh, she says, the dance. Oh, the dance. Do I sound like someone in a romance novel? I wouldn't be surprised because I feel like someone in a romance novel. Oh, bless She's Aww. very, very sincere <laughs> and very sweet. It's adorable. It's a shame we never hear about Will again. Yeah, I know. They're, they're very sweet together. She dances with Will. She feels very romantic. Mm-hmm. And then Christy cuts in on them. <laughs> and Claudia is about ready to shiv her. Yes. <laughs> Claudia is absolutely furious. <laughs> and then we thought this rang a bit of a bell. Yep. And then we dug up uh, the book when they all went to visit Stacy in New York. <laughs> and disgrace themselves in myriad ways. Well, yeah. So many ways. <laughs> Including that when they had a party at Stacy's place, Christy was very excitedly dancing with a guy, and Claudia cut in on her, and Christy almost murdered her. <laughs> and they don't overtly refer to this incident in this book, but... It's very subtle, but it's clearly revenge. Yes. And, like, even Claudia doesn't realise it's revenge. Claudia's just like, ugh, whatever. Do you even do that? Who does that? (laughs) What kind of a monster would do this? (laughs) I'd forgotten all about that. And I was just all of the cutting in and I was just bemused by it as a thing. And, like, I kind of get Claudia's, excuse me, Claudia's logic for why it's not okay. Yeah. It's just hilarious because she did exactly the same thing to Christy. Yeah, it is wonderful. And it, it wasn't okay then either. Yeah. In, yeah. In New York, I think Christy had managed to make a like human connection with a boy at a party by talking to him about yes. sports. Yes. And then they wound up dancing together. And C- Claudia was like, hey, I'm the one who dances with boys. So she yeah. was like, she took him off Christy. And Christy has not forgotten no. this. Whereas <laughs> so. this one, it's her, her logic is that it, Claudia's objection is, oh my lord, that is something you don't do no matter what, I don't think. Do you cut in on two people in the middle of a slow dance who look like they're having a heavy conversation? And do you cut in if you're a girl? Well, you do if you're you, Claudia, so... <laughs> yeah. And I think the thing is they're, they are talking about... Dead grandmothers. Dead grandmother conversation. Yeah. yeah. Which... That makes it a little bit more awkward. 
but you know i'm i'm still kind of on team christy yep. here yeah, and i think too. claudia is like oh i got him back in the end so whatever. yeah yeah. Um. <laughs> and then they do have lots of romantic talking and yeah it's quite sweet and then she gets back to the cabin and all the little campers are like shipping them super hard they're like it's how so was the dance did he kiss you did he like you with your hair down what does it That's feel like when a boy kisses you <laughs> it must have been a really awkward dance because like i honestly there cannot be more than 40 of them <laughs> yeah it's it's just a really small group of people. Maybe it was a really small room. Maybe it's the arts and crafts room. <laughs> and it's dark and it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah, Christy um Christy gets made up pretty much against her will uh again yeah. to go. So they they accessorize her violently. Uh they put something <laughs> called foundation all over her face. They give her tan goo and tell her to put it on pimples because they don't want to touch her pimples themselves. And Christy's like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> they put barrettes in her hair. They make her wear Reeboks to be cool. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say, I'm really annoyed about how um, Christy's much maligned pony sneakers or yeah. runners is the word I have here. But yeah. They're iconic now. They're, they are iconic, but they also were iconic then by the sounds of it. Um, yeah, they're iconic late 80s nostalgia wear like yeah she's like oh i i bought these because i thought they were really cool but i guess they weren't um like they actually were cool at the time yeah. they're just making fun of her from for having a different brand of shoes than the rest of them i like fuck yeah sake. might have been the velcro thing um but like I, I don't that's know. a look though yeah, it it's is, not like though. oh i don't know how to totally, tie yeah. these runners yeah i thought that was a bit weird as well to be honest i think so, yeah i think this is i think we're too far removed from this to parse it i think we we need an actual 80s teen to like time travel and tell us what's going on here yeah i i'm pretty convinced that this is literally just you have a different brand of runners than yeah the rest i of us. wonder was this were ponies maybe on the way out and reeboks on the way in yes that might have been no, what was going maybe. on I don't know. Maybe. Well, they all wore Adidas, not Reebok. The girls in her cabin. No, they. Uh, oh my god. No, they're wearing no, Reeboks because they gave her Reeboks. No, they gave her Reeboks. But at the start, when she was describing their shoes, she said they were all wearing like neat, like you know, sh shiny white laced-up Adidas. This is baffling. Anyway, she gets some really good life advice from Tansy, uh, which is that when she gets to the dance, when in doubt, hang around the food table. Yep. <laughs> and like. Words to live by. Yeah. I, I obviously didn't know, but this clearly had a formative effect on me because that, that is how I live my life. This is the, the best advice yeah. from Tansy yep. in the whole book. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's the best advice in the book. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so Christy goes and eats a ton of brownies until she feels sick from eating too many brownies. Uh, so then she goes and dances and it's pretty psyched that Logan cuts in on her. And then she's like, yeah, and then I cut in on Will and Claudia to be really grown up. But for some reason, Claudia gave me a dirty look. Uh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she has a realistically okay experience. She's like, this yeah. was weird. I didn't look like me. I didn't want to die inside the whole time. But like, it, it was fine, basically. Yeah. And I got some petty revenge. Uh, she she never wants to do this again, but like it's not the worst thing that ever happened to her either. It's it's fine, mm. and I like that. Yeah. It's it's not, mm. you know, it's realistic. It really is. Yeah, that's that's kind of how every dance that you have like anticipated hotly in your mind will wind up at best being kind of like, yeah, that was fine. Yeah, I guess it's, it's not kind of what I was expecting. When but, I was yeah, like sure. a teenager, kind of up until I was like. 
mid-twenties, like early to mid-twenties, like I didn't hotly anticipate any dance. I was in, in knots with anxiety about dances. Like, mm-hmm. the thought of, oh, I was so... My, my experience of all social events is the more anxious they make you, the more fun you actually have. The more you dread it, it's like a inverse relationship thing. And the more like, yeah, this is going to be amazing, the more it's likely to disappoint you. I find it can really go either way. Sometimes yeah. the dreading just continues into the event. And I'm like, no, I'm sti- I'm here and I still dread being here. Oh, <laughs> dang. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. This is probably me also, um, like, it's a confirmation bias kind of that's thing. No, but I know what you mean, though, about if you're looking forward to something yeah. too much, you're far more likely to be disappointed because you're... Yeah, you've built it up too much. And nights where you're like, ah, that's going to be crap. It can unexpectedly yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I tend to, the ones that I go into going, ugh, I mean, I'll go home if it's not any fun. Those are the ones that end up amazing. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's not ones I'm dreading. Because the ones you're dreading are the ones where you can't go home for whatever reason. And you're like, I oh, want to yeah. be there. It's going to suck. But like the ones where you're like, oh, I'll just I'll go uh, for an hour I'll, and then I'll leave if I'm not having fun. I'll, I'll go for an hour. I'll make an excuse and I'll go. And I'll like go home at ten o'clock. Like and then you're like, it's it's five in the morning and you're in someone's living room having a like chat. Yeah, <laughs> like an intense heart to heart with someone you never met before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I miss that. Oh. I'm thinking back to like preteen dances. The very few preteen dances that I went to. Uh. And the only one where something that passed for exciting, like, romance that happened was some rando boy swung arms with me during Cotton Eye Joe. And my two <laughs> friends were like, oh my god, Esther, a boy danced with you! And I was like, ooh, <laughs> I did the thing! This is so cool! That's amazing. And yeah, <gasps> that, 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 that was it, romance-wise, for several years. <laughs> and I had a, a glorious shining moment. That's adorable. So I think we have pretty much wrapped up the plot. Everyone finishes camp. They all have like an okay time overall. Yeah. Stacy gets uh, notes from everyone, which she adds to the notebook. She gives us sort of a summary of what happened to it. What happened to everyone after? It's like yeah. at the end of like a crime show. <laughs> I, Stacy McGill, yeah. I'm recovered, except from my diabetes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well. Also, the animal house type of movies yes. as well have like a a bit where the, everyone will be dancing and then it will freeze frame and <laughs> yeah, yeah. write like what happened to all yes. of them. And that's what's happening here, I think. Christy sometimes wears mascara in case she runs into Bart. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> Marianne writes to the other cool girls sometimes, but Marianne is intending to ditch them, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. Dawn is thinking of going to more camp. Mallory and Jesse are still best friends. Dawn is thinking about going to Outward Bound. And can I just say that I went to Outward Bound? Uh, it was really fun camp. Um, but uh, I think they're overestimating the survivalism of it. It made it sound like they were going to turn you loose on an island and you'd have to slaughter your own food and clothing. To yeah, It was like, no, it was just like, we, we just did more camp. It was just camp. <laughs> So there. <laughs> just to just to clarify, our band was a lot of fun actually, but uh, it, Dawn is going to be disappointed. That's yep. all I'm saying. And that's kind of it. Yeah. Uh, Stacy admits that leaving the city was not 
the worst thing that ever happened to her. <laughs> she nearly died, but like... <laughs> she really didn't. But she doesn't actually come out and say it. She she doesn't say at the end that it was the worst thing that ever happened to her. So I guess we can assume it's that it a was win. a tolerable experience <laughs> overall. I mean, her parents did try to make her come home and she refused. So I guess she didn't totally hate the experience. Yeah. Also, it was hilarious that as soon as she got discharged from the sick bay, <laughs> she like fell over and got several huge splinters. <laughs> she was yes. just, I think she like some of Jackie Radowski's. I was going like, to say. Aura had to rubbed off on her. Jackie's <laughs> energy just, Yeah permeated to the other side of the camp but only affected a few people i think she also probably is like if charlotte johansson isn't going home then i guess i have to stick this <laughs> out as well true. yeah fair but i think it's also i think her not wanting to go home and stuff was large she's just her thing about like she can't let her parents think she needs to be baby yeah she's like mm. what are they gonna do when i go to college i'm already 13 and yes. to be honest it's a fair point <laughs> her parents are gonna have a meltdown when she goes to college yeah Yes, it's it's many years away, but... She needs to start toughening them up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think she's more ready to go to college than they are for her to go to college already. <laughs> I think that's... She's clearly counting on the days. Entirely true, yeah. I don't have much in the way of outfits for this book because everyone is in their camp uniforms the whole time. I will say, however, they make you buy uniforms for a two-week fucking camp. Yeah, that's bonkers. Yes. That is such a scam. That's crazy. Um, and I like that they called that out in the Netflix show where they're like, people don't have the money to buy your expensive sweatshirts. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, that is a stupid amount of, yes. like, that's like, ridiculous. You're already paying for everyone to go to camp. For the camp. So the like, Pike sent seven children there. Yeah. How? Yeah. The had to spend... I, I like that they're hand- they're not even asking that question no. anymore after the really awkward Disneyland cruise thing. They're just like, it's just happening, just yeah. deal with it. Mr. Pike um, won another competition. Forget about yeah. it. It's fine. Or maybe it's like the Gale Talks. You could get a scholarship to go to the Gale Talks uh, through the tr- unions. Yeah, but can you get seven scholarships? Uh, yeah, if the kids all get good grades. Uh, hmm. There was loads of them. Every one of the Gale Talks I went to the second time I went to had one of these scholarships ah uh, okay everyone I never went uh, because yeah, my mum was afraid the banity would murder me so I, <laughs> I never went I mean reasonable <laughs> some of them we've all heard the stories I had a terrible time the first time when I was 14 great time the second time went my own I was 16 really enjoyed it the next year I brought three of my friends we came back to the same girl talk and I asked to be in the same house as last time, I was oh, like, I want to go back to Chas Philomena. Oh. <laughs> the reason being, she gave us the, the 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 students. We had our own little sitting room with a VCR and a telly in it. Ooh, ooh. Oh, and the food was tolerable. So back to Chas Philomena, it was. <laughs> we got a telly. Uh, yeah, the videos were Willy Millie, uh, starring an eight-year-old Seth Green uh, as a minor character. Which was about a girl who woke up one day and discovered that she was a boy. A boy. Okay. Hence the two names. Oh, yeah. From the 80s. Oh, God. There was also a 90s gender swap comedy with Corey Feldman and or Corey Hain in it. His name I can't remember. A Corey. A Corey in it, yeah. There were a lot of them about. And the other video that was there was How to Cut Your Hair at Home, a step-by-step guide. (laughs) Which appeared to be from circa 1994. We did get bored enough to watch it once. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I can't 
can't believe someone made a videotape of that and sold it and other people bought it. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, like, what the fuck? I mean, people do YouTube tutorials about this kind of stuff. I know, but the, the, the outlay to that is very low. You don't have to yeah, find a distributor true. for it. Like, How to cut your hair at home, a step-by-step guide. It was there. It existed. God, I, w- I would actually watch the fuck out of a 1980s yeah. video on how to cut your hair. It's probably on Everything is Terrible Now or something. Yeah, I mean, that's literally the title, so you can Google it. Um, and we did add the Matrix to that after our like trip to um, our trip into Galway City. That's tremendously mainstream compared to what was actually there when you arrived. We were extremely relieved. <laughs> when we went to the Donegal for like a three day trip with the school, our T was the first, she had digital and it was the first time I'd ever been to a house that had digital and she had Kerrang TV and we spent a lot of time Ooh. clustered around her very, very large TV watching Kerrang TV and feeling extremely cool and, and, and also like huffing turf <laughs> smoke from the open fire. It was an interesting like combination. I like that. <laughs> I'm not sure if huffing That's is the word for that. Her smoke works. No. <laughs> Do you remember Aoife's hen party where um, it kind of felt like, like the way you described that, we sort of revisited it because there was all these books and stuff and Aoife Brown, the very arty friend of ours, um, dis- discovered the vegetable carving yes, book. Yes, it was this book from the 70s on how to carve animals out of vegetables. Yes, I had forgotten that, oh my goodness. Yeah, like, carve a realistic cheetah out of a cucumber <laughs> or something. And she's done it since then and we've been like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was so it's good. the same phenomenon. Oh, that was yeah that was a really oh my god I would like recreate that in a heartbeat that was exactly what I wanted to be which was basically a big old sleepover it was so good it was amazing it but was we so have good. to do it again when things can yeah. happen again oh Karen I have a question for you mm-hmm. is everyone terrible in this book I mean the main characters are not terrible generally they're fine um, they're yeah, they're perfect. Yeah. They behave quite Marianne well. Marianne's delightful. Um, there are some... Yeah, Marianne's great. <laughs> Marianne's delightful. Logan is delightful. Claudia is very sweet. Actually, they're all kind of their best selves this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, under a small amount of duress, their best selves kind of come out, which is, yeah. Except for Dawn. Dawn's a pain in the ass. Yeah. I mean, she's But she's not terrible. She's not terrible. She's irritating. She's supporting this particular girl in the best way she knows how. And she does a better job of it than anybody else who's present. So... I guess. I guess. But uh, they're not terrible. Hang on. I will say about about Dawn and this. Mm-hmm. There was a, a bit at the end, you know, the little, like, what everyone's up to now bit. Mm-hmm. That had been highlighted by multiple other research readers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Dawn it was... Um, uh, Dawn and Heather write long letters to each other. Heather will not be going back to camp. Mm-hmm. It was like, I could only think of one reason why you'd highlight Dawn and Heather writing long letters to each other. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not right now with the aged up, aged yeah. up, because 11 and 13 is weird. But, sure, you know, a young 13 and an old 11 are both basically 12, though. I think Dawn has just decided she's mentoring this girl, whether she likes it or not. Probably. Dom Dom thinks she's being a role model. I would I would have liked to see Heather be put in the same cabin as Mallory and Jesse. 
Yeah, I think they would have gone on great. I could I could absolutely see Mallory and Heather writing yes. long letters to each other. Yeah. Um and neither of them reading the letters they received. <laughs> it's more of an excuse to write <laughs> letters and that's yeah. fine. Um uh I'm just <laughs> we're just um catching up with Brooklyn Nine Nine and that episode where um uh <laughs> one one of the cops has like stolen all the cocaine and they have to read through ten thousand of her diaries. <laughs> yes. Like I'm just picturing that <laughs> same thing. Um, uh, yeah, no, the the babysitters are fine. There are some terrible people. There's some really terrible people. Yeah, they're surrounded by terrible people. They really are. Quite a lot of them um, go to camp. It wouldn't be the best ad for camp. No. I don't know that I would no. like sign up enthusiastically to go to a camp based on this particular um, narrative. But it's, it's pretty good fun, though. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm not sure the babysitters are going to bother going back next year either. No, it's, it's, as far as a camp experience goes, it's rather underwhelming. Though, mm -hmm. I, a lot happened. Like, I kind of want to go back because more stuff would happen. Right? Yeah. It's a lot of dinner table fodder here, you know? You've just got yeah. cool adventures to talk about. And they packed a lot like, in. They did. And actual real murderers, apparently. <laughs> yes. As far as we can tell. Yeah. Um, we didn't even really get into other, like, aspects of cultural insensitivity that we could just, you know, it has been dealt with extensively on Tumblr. Just, there's just more. There's more of it. We can skim yeah, past that, maybe. Some, yeah, there's some stuff that doesn't age well. Yeah, there's quite a lot. Yeah. It didn't make it into the Netflix show for a reason. Um, yeah. In, in general, most of the... Yeah, it's pretty good. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, the babysitters are are quite non terrible, and it's yeah, they're, they are they're good company. Mm. Everyone around yes. them is bad company. Yes, yeah. So basically, all the Stony Brook people are fine. Yeah, mm -hmm. the non Stony Brook people are not. Yeah. Moral: Don't leave Stony Brook. Yeah. Stay out of Sweet Valley. <laughs> yes. Most importantly, <laughs> it's fine. It was destroyed Valley. by an earthquake. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, is the, does anyone have anything to to add about this one then? I mean, life lessons. We learned about Lyme disease. We learned the symptoms of Lyme disease. What to we do did. if you think you have Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. I actually remembered all the stuff about um, <laughs> Stacy sitting in a patch of comfortable <laughs> leaves. And I was like, Stacy, you sat down in the patch of comfortable leaves when she was actually lecturing you on poison ivy. She was literally <laughs> you were you were failing to listen to her telling you how to identify poison ivy. I mean, that's actually quite a useful yes, thing it to is. to know that you can be explaining a problem to somebody who's agreeing with you and simultaneously perpetuating yeah. it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> how to get revenge through dance? Yeah. Yes. And very important. Probably most importantly we learned that if you're stuck in a situation with a bunch of people who are being kind of passive-aggressively bullying to you, just fucking call them on it. Dob them in. Beat them Escalate. at their own game. No, no, don't dob them in. Call, like, I call them on it. Don't dob them in. Just, just, just call their bluff. Every single thing they do, be like, fine, and escalate. <laughs> just yes and them. <laughs> Until... Yeah. Brave the murderers. Yes, and them until they lose their nerve. Until they lose their nerve and refuse to pierce your ears, which you didn't want them to do in the first place. Exactly. I, that's very applicable to all situations, I feel. Totally, totally. Yeah, just keep doing that your whole life. It'll end out fine. 
couldn't possibly backfire. I also feel like prioritize revenge is definitely a, is a good life lesson for this. Yeah, I think that that could be. And if your significant other is clearly running a scheme, yeah, just go with it. Yeah. Just an, at least until you can tell what it is that they're trying yes. to do. Yeah, yeah, I think that's everything. Uh, we have social media. Uh, we are the podcast at Dawn's House on Instagram and Facebook and Tumblr. We are a podcast Dawn on Twitter. We are the podcast at Dawn's House at gmail.com on Gmail, obviously. On emails. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Woo, email. Social media. This newfangled <laughs> electronic <laughs> mail. Um, also, please leave us reviews. We absolutely love getting reviews. They make us extremely happy. Yes. We are skipping the next book because the next book is Claudia and the Sad Goodbye and quite frankly we do not fucking feel like it so yeah. join us in a couple of weeks time for whatever the book after that is mm-hmm. uh, which I forgot to look up in advance does anyone want to tell me what it is nah um, I don't know what it is on, on... they'll take what they can get <laughs> yeah <laughs> if they're still listening at this point it's 20 past 11 I'm not or 20 past midnight I'm not googling it it's fine <laughs> join us for a book and you'll be glad to get it <laughs> <laughs> if it's the hounds of the morgan like just just stick with us okay <laughs> like... yeah it'll be fine you'll enjoy it we'll have the bands and in conclusion may I just say when in doubt, hang around the food table. I'm not sure which of us is supposed to feel awkward in this situation, so I'm going to assume it's me. Me. <laughs>